This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news updates with Kathy Romano. And here we are on Tuesday, March 8th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. Three women were arrested and charged after a horrific case of child abuse was discovered in Camden County, New Jersey. Authorities say a 13-year-old girl was forced to wear a shock collar meant for a dog around her neck. Neighbor Karen Villick said it was on the afternoon of Tuesday, March 1st, when she heard her doorbell ring repeatedly. When she opened the door, the girl handed her the dog collar and said, they shock me. They shock me. She put up her neck and the neighbor said she saw two marks from the dog collar. The collar was vibrating in the girl's hand as she stood at the woman's front door. Villick said she brought the girl inside of the home, uh, which is on the 100 block of Harvard Avenue in Stratford. She tried to comfort the 13-year-old girl while her husband called 911. Police say the girl was taken to Jefferson Hospital uh, for treatment and the Division of Child Protection and Permanency uh, removed her from the home. The next day, authorities arrested Kelly, Rebecca, and and Rachel Menning and charged them with aggravated assault, child abuse, and neglect. It's alleged that the three forced the girl to wear the shock collar and deprived her of necessary amounts of food and clothing. While the three women denied the abuse, when interviewed by detectives, police say another resident of the Menning home told uh, them that the dog collar was forced on the girl as a punishment when she was bad. Villick says that she suspected the home was an unpleasant environment, but never imagined this. She said that she could hear in, in the winter uh, through the windows, she could hear a lot of yelling and fighting. Uh, the three suspects are still locked up in the Camden County Correctional Facility. Ugh, horrible. Awful. A Montgomery County police officer is not expected to recover from a bee sting that left him incapacitated last year, family members announced over the weekend. Hatboro police officer Ryan Allen suffered a heart attack and then a serious brain injury Ugh. after he was stung by a bee on October 14th, 2021. The officer's wife, Whitney Allen, provided a sad update on his recovery. We have been told by his medical team there is no chance that he will recover in any meaningful way, Allen wrote on Facebook. We have made the extremely painful decision as a family to have Ryan discharged from rehabilitation on hospice care to spend his remaining days surrounded by loved ones and friends in a peaceful setting close to our home. Did he have an allergy, I assume, Kathy? I don't know. It, 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 had, to be. Been, right? it had to be. This wow. is just, I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't hear, I don't remember the initial story. Um, no, so this no. was was just the update, and yeah, something happened. He had a heart attack and and brain injury, uh, and wow. it all stemmed from this bee sting. Wow! So so uh, my wife is Claire is getting into uh, I got her beginner beekeeping kit. Oh yeah! So she's she's exploring all that, but one of the things they insist you do is go check yourself, obviously, yeah. for allergic condition with uh, with bees. Yeah. And so she's got to get that first. The Montgomery County community rallied behind Officer Allen's family, raising more than $100,000 through a GoFundMe account. Whitney Allen thanked the community for their continued <sighs> generosity during this difficult time. The funds raised will be used for private duty nursing care during Ryan's last weeks, as it is still unclear if any nursing care while Ryan is on hospice will be covered by insurance, she said. Please pray that we have the strength for this next part and that Ryan suffers no additional trauma or pain during his transition to heaven. Officer Allen was on the force since 2013. He helped start Hatboro Police Department's first police canine program and served as a member of the Montgomery County Drug Task Force. Just horrible. Awful, right? Uh, And police are investigating two burglaries in which the victims say the suspect was disguised as an Amazon delivery driver. It happened last Monday in Philadelphia Spring Garden neighborhood. Uh, Alan Resnick says his apartment was broken into and his neighbor was also a victim. 
The person he believes carried out the crime was wearing what appeared to be an Amazon uniform. The jacket does provide comfort for people, especially because of all of the great work the Amazon delivery drivers and all of the delivery drivers and servicemen and women have been doing since COVID-19, says Resnick. In the surveillance video from the apartment building on the 1800 block of Green Street, you can see a man break open the vestibule door. After knocking around, a neighbor comes out to help the suspect look for a package recipient. Uh, if, but it's someone who the victim believes never existed in the first place. The video shows him looking at other packages as kind of a distraction. Uh, about an hour later, the person in the Amazon vest is seen on video walking out of the building with Alan Resnick's backpack on. Resnick returned home to find damage to his door jam, and both his and his wife's laptops were gone from the apartment. I'm honestly surprised that we haven't seen more of this. Have you ever taken note of how many delivery drivers there are yeah. around everywhere right now? All I mean, the they're time. just it's constant and and it would be fairly easy for somebody to slip into a uniform or create something that looks close enough to a uniform and go around and, and start doing that. So, but I mean, fortunately, we've got security cameras all over the place that's, now, which that's is a plus. Yeah, quite a bit. But yeah, the delivery force is huge. The amount of people out doing this work. The victims filed a police report and reached out to Amazon, but they have not heard back from the company. In sports this morning. <laughs> The Sixers beat the Chicago Bulls 121 to 106 last night in South Philly. Joel Embiid had 43 points and 14 rebounds. James Harden had 16 points and 14 assists. And Tyrese Maxey added 17 points for the Sixers, who have won six of seven and stayed perfect with Harden in the lineup. They improved to five and zero with Harden since the deal at the trade deadline that sent Ben Simmons to the Nets in exchange for a 2018 MVP. For the 2018 MVP, Harden sat out of the loss at Miami on Saturday to rest his hamstring. The Sixers are at home again on Thursday night and will host the Brooklyn Nets, although Ben Simmons will not play. The Flyers will look to win their second game in a row when they host the Vegas Golden Knights tonight. The Knights are in third place in the Pacific Division with 32 wins and 68 points. The puck is set to drop at 7 o'clock. And Atlanta Falcons wide receiver Calvin Ridley has been suspended for at least the 2022 season after gambling on games in 2021. The NFL released a statement announcing his suspension, saying he gambled on games over a five-day stretch in November of 21 when he was on the non-football injury list to address his mental health. The NFL determined that Ridley placed parlay bets involving three, five, and eight games that included the Falcons to win via his mobile device out of state. Investigators found no evidence Ridley used inside information or that any game was compromised. The league statement said coaches, staff, teammates, or other players were not involved. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right. Thank you very much, Kathy. I'm going to demand that I have coffee now. I went to bed really early last night. I'm like, I'm going to get a full night's rest. This is going to be wonderful. And then the hurricane hit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, yeah, I yeah. woke up, I don't know how many times, I, the, the first initial big front went through, and I'm like, okay, you know, the house, the, high, the side of the house didn't get ripped off, that's good, and settle off back in and sleep. And then another wave came through, and it just kept waking me up, and I had that paranoia of, you know, 
you know, is, is this... Is this it? Is it yeah, is yeah. stuff going to fly up right. the back, you know, in my backyard and stuff? And it was just like, man, I kept waking up, and I was like, oh. I don't know oh, about yeah, you that... guys, we had a lot of sirens in our area, too. So the no, wind, woke, I didn't have any, wind no. woke me up, and then, like, I just heard a lot of police activity, and I and I don't know if it was dreams or whatever, present, but I felt like the world was coming to an end, and yeah. it seemed like there was just, uh, you know, one emergency after another. I'm like you, though, Preston. I, like, as I'm laying there, I'm like... What in my backyard is flying yeah, around? Yeah, Am right, I going to totally. have a table and chairs when I wake up yep. tomorrow? I, I pre-secured the backyard in anticipation because I made. Um, I have a rolling ping pong table out there. Oh, and, really? and, the, and the last windstorm, it was on the pool cover. Right. Oh, no. And right. I said, oh, okay, I'm going to lay that down. <laughs> yes. Uh, but uh, just two chairs. Okay. Uh, I secured everything pretty well. But I was. Uh, I supposedly we were going to get. Uh, thunderstorm last night. Did you guys? Yeah, we got oh, that. Yeah, we oh, yeah, yeah. Got it, no, yeah. I, I didn't. We got yeah, I was driving in rain. Yeah, so last night. Uh, you driving was, in that stuff? Yeah, so my daughter's in uh, in the play and rehearsal was uh, over late last night, so I, I got to drive in all that stuff. That was fun. Awesome. Yeah. 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 And my son, speaking of delivery drivers, he's out, he delivers at night, and I'm like, <sighs> I'm like oh, dude, he's out in this yeah. stuff, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it was pretty, it was gnarly. So, but I mean, that's that was the big temperature swing. That's, that's yes, it was. So yep. we, had, we had, you know, it's like 78 degrees yesterday, and now we're going to get up to 50, so. We literally watched in my car the the thermometer in my car drop like five degrees in a matter of like <laughs> thirty miles. Yep. So, Freaky. all right. Anyhow, hopefully you didn't get too much damage. There were some downed trees, and I, I saw some debris on the roads this morning, and there were you know reports of some wires and things like that. So just a heads up on the way in this morning. Maybe we're depending on where you are, that might be affecting your commute. But nonetheless, uh, we hang together. By the way, today is International Women's Day. It is, Kathy. Yeah. It's your day. Aww. You're an international woman. You know, do the traffic today. We're yeah. going to let you do that. Yeah, you can. You oh, can. gee, th- <laughs> what a special day. Uh, but actually, we're going to be uh, we're going to be celebrating that. We're playing. I think we're going to do all female artists we in are. our music. That's pretty rep- cool. Ooh, repertoire that's this morning. We'll have some. Uh, I'm sure we'll have some conversation about uh, great things that women have done internationally. Um, my, my, my mom was a woman. You're, and yeah, you yeah. Know what? Oh. My yeah. mom was a woman, too. Yeah. My sister. Is a woman, and my wife is a woman. I have a female dog. Coincidences. How about that? Female dog. Uh, yeah, I me love too. that bitch. Oh my god. Yeah, she is a bitch. She's a dog. So we're actually celebrating the whole month. Uh, that's right. Is it uh, Women's Month? Yeah. Or? Right. Yeah. Okay. Today is the official month. day, and yeah, the month the is day. the month. Today is that time of the month that we celebrate International Women's Day. There you go. All right. Something like that. And then we'll check on uh, Kathy's menstrual cup. Uh, the, <laughs> yes. the, the, the latest mm-hmm. on that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, uh-oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> she just gave us a look. So far, not good. All right. Oh, we'll see oh. about it All, right. Bit. All right. By the way, we have your chance to win a Preston Steve-themed tattoo today because it's Tattoo's Day. Text the word tattoo to 3933, and you might win a $350 gift certificate for Floating World Tattoo and Piercing. And uh, you want to check out their artwork, uh, you can go to uh, floatingworldtattoos.com or go to at floatingworldtattoos and see what that's all about. Did you want me to play something? No, 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 no. Okay, all right. Casey was gesturing. Well, no, 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 no. I was looking for it that whole time, and then I finally yeah. found it. Oh, that's what you want to With all of that, let's take a break. Come back in a second. We'll get to the entertainment report. Stupid question. You know what's up. Stay with us. Love Preston and Steve and WMMR? Check out WMMR.com for more of everything that rocks. Well, it's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme has everything you'll need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app to shop for this season's essentials any way you want. 
Open the Acme app, flip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. So stupid question this morning. We're going to give away a pair of tickets to see the young Dubliners who will be playing March 16th at the event center at Rivers Casino in Philadelphia, of course. All right, so I'll do a, uh, a famous female quote. If you can tell me who is quoted, who am I quoting when I say optimism is the faith that leads to achievement? What famous female said that? 215 263 WMMR. I'll give that to you again. Optimism is the faith that leads to achievement. 215-263-WMMR. Take a moment, look that up, see if you can figure yes. that out. Or if you know it off the top of your head, rock on, man. That's pretty awesome. All right, so I'll go through some birthdays today. Tuesday, March 8th. Uh, we actually spoke to him last year. Mickey Dolenz celebrates his birthday today of the Monkees, the last surviving member of the Monkees. Uh, you know, he was my favorite monkey. Yeah, uh, me too. Uh, I, I enjoyed him the most. Loved, loved the band. Loved the other members. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, man, what a, what a crushing blow it was because he'd been on tour with Mike Nesmith and they were having a really good time. He knew Mike was kind of... Not in the best of health, and um, so yeah, that that really that really caught him. But I, I always like to sense of humor, and uh, me too. Every time we've interviewed him, he's been great. Yeah, and that's what sold it for me as a kid, Steve. When yeah, that show was popular, he was, a funny guy. he was funny. Yeah, uh, and you know what? Great singer. Yes, and some of their biggest hits were sung by him. So uh, he turns uh, seventy-seven years old today, and he is going to do a tour. Of, uh, you know, just kind of a celebration of the monkey's sure. music. And, and he's going to be singing the songs that his uh, fellow bandmates would sing as well. So, uh, 77th for Mickey Dolan's today. Uh, Cameron Mannheim, the actress. You remember her from, for her from The Practice and uh, actually a few other shows. Ghost Whisperer, she was on that. That's right, yeah. Uh, she is 61 years old today. She's also one of those scary movie parodies. Yeah, you are correct. Yeah. Um, we also have Freddie Prince Jr., Ah. Uh, turning a year older. He's 46 today. Married to Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah. I guess that's how she pronounces it. Gellar. Um, yeah. A few of those movies. I know what you did last summer. Right. Scooby-Doo, he played Fred. He was good. Um, and what was the... Oh, what yeah, she's, she's all oh, that. Yeah, where she's he's, all he's, that. That yeah, good. He's the popular guy. Yeah, and It's a Rachel Lee Cook, right? Uh, yes. And that's where... That's that, that standard thing where they, they clean the girl up a little bit. They take her glasses oh, off. Oh, my God. Look at you. Oh, who knew? Uh-huh. Letterman had a joke that the sequel to that movie was, uh, she's even that ear. <laughs> uh, Freddie Prinze is 46 today. Uh, actor Aiden Quinn, who was in Desperately Seeking Susan and Legends of the Fall. Always liked him. Uh, Benny and June was another one. Uh, yep, he's 63. Always do you guys like uh, Legends of the Fall? Because I, I, I do, but I, I do. some people think that it's schmaltzy and cheesy. It It is a little bit, but it's also epic, I okay. think. Yeah. Oh, I like the bear fights. Yeah, I don't remember it. I remember really? scenes from it, but I don't remember the movie overall and whether I really liked it or not. Yeah, him and Brad Pitt and uh, Pitt Anthony Hopkins. Pitt at his piteous, by the way. Yes. Right? Yes, very, so uh, pitty. Pitty. So yes. pitty. Yeah, very pity. So pity. He's 63. James Vanderbeek. We were talking about him yesterday, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, he, he was I, quoting I, 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 a Varsity Blues line. Yeah, but uh, it was That's because right. he was in... Oh, uh, because American Psycho and... Uh, the rules of attraction. Yes. You said there's a connection between there's those a connection. There's, right. a, there's a there's a connection. <laughs> there is a, a connection where uh, James Vanderbeek's character in Rules of Attraction is on the phone 
in the, I guess he's in college or something like that. And uh, and apparently the person he's on the phone with is, because uh, both of their last names is Bateman. Huh. And uh, and so he apparently he's he's on the phone with his brother, who is Christian Bale's character I, from I American Psycho. I love stuff Psycho. like that. Yeah. Apparently, President, 13 days in May, when Kennedy is on the phone, he is talking to Booger from Revenge of the Oh, Nerds. my God. Yeah. All right. That's crazy. Yeah. Really? Huh. And it's like, I didn't even see the connection. I had no idea. So you, uh, do you eat your boogers? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, there's, the, the Russians have Cuban have missiles in Cuba. Uh, I'm talking to this very funny man who eats his own boogers. Yeah, he, he, I, I could see JFK being taking a breather, compelled by <laughs> the disgusting nature <laughs> that was booger man. I'm sorry, but I got to find out what's going on here. Yeah. All right, uh, James Vanderbeek is 45 today. Randy Meisner, bassist for the Eagles. Uh, he was also in the band Poco. I just watched the uh, Eagles documentary again, Preston. Oh, my God. It's so good. It is. It's excellent. Is and he the uh, high voice in Take It to the Limit? Not Take It to the Limit. Or wait, Yes, I'm sorry. Randy Meisner. Wait. Yeah, Randy, because there were two guys yes. who played in Poco and then the Eagles. Yes, it is Randy Meisner. And then the other one is... Timothy B. Schmidt. Yeah. Yes, that's it. So who it. sings I Can't Tell You Why? That's Timothy B. Schmidt. Right. Yes. So uh, Randy Meisner sings Take It to the Limit. Yeah. That's correct, yes. Uh, he's uh, And he had a weird thing happen, if you remember, several years ago. Um, his wife was killed a gun who that she was getting out of the closet or something like that. No. Fired. It was still in the case. When she took it out, and somehow another holy hell and shot and I don't remember that. I'm pretty sure that it was his wife. Yeah, and he's had all kinds of um, medical issues. Um, no, no, uh, 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 mental issues with depression and things like that. Uh. But but that was a weird thing mm. that happened. Are you reading about that, Nick? Yeah, so the police came to the scene, and then they left the scene. 90 minutes later, she accidentally shot and killed herself. Yeah, there was a, a domestic thing going yeah. on. Oh, and the no, rifle yeah. that she was moving uh, got struck by an object in its case, like you said, yeah, and then fired. Man, that, what Isn't a, that weird? That's fair. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. Um, you keep it in the case for safety. Yep. Uh, so he is uh, 76 years old today. And then the last birthday, Gary Newman, uh, the singer who brought us the song Cars. Uh, which I heard on an ad yesterday. That it, so it's used all the time. I don't remember what it was yeah. for, but that guy hit the jackpot because he wrote about something that can be attributed to a huge industry. I think the commercials the automotive were industry. colorectal care. Oh, is that yeah. what it was? No, he, I mean, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> how much money? How much? I hope he had a good deal, yeah. a good publishing deal for this. Yeah, yeah, because uh, it's constantly used. Exactly. So he turns uh, sixty-four years old today, and I think. So in the video for this song, he wore, like, eyeliner. And apparently, I remember hearing a story from him that it was just, like, a a last-second thing that he did, and it was kind of a fluke, and and it ended up becoming, like, his trademark look. And a lot of people consider this song kind of, like, the flashpoint for the new wave I think so, you're right, yep. Uh, So Gary Newman is uh, 64 today. All right, we'll see if we can get an answer to Super Question. What famous female was quoted in saying... Optimism is the faith that leads to achievement. 215-263-WMMR. We're going to go to Cyrus and see if we can get the answer. Yo, Cyrus, good morning. Good morning, guys. All right, Cyrus, who gave us the quote, Optimism is the faith that leads to achievement? I believe that's Helen Keller. You got it. Yep. Hang on a second, Cyrus. We're going to give you a pair of tickets to see the Young Dubliners March 16th at the Event Center at Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. And... 
Tickets are available for purchase at uh, Ticketmaster.com. Must be 21 and older. More info at RiversCasino.com slash Philadelphia. You know our other famous quote? No. Pain don't hurt. Pain don't yeah, hurt. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea. You know, it's wild. We had somebody who used to work here that was thoroughly convinced I know. that Helen Keller Could... was uh, was bogus. Yeah, we're faking it. Yeah, yeah. she was faking it. Really? Stop yep. it. Yep. And I will go. Sorry for that person. I'll go a certain distance to sell a joke, <laughs> but not that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little too invested. Yep. Yep. She absolutely believed. I'm not. I'm not going to look over here. Well, I will. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Nick's pulled up her account. So anyhow. Uh, yep. Shut the hell up. <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> Let's go through uh, some <laughs> entertainment stories. We're going to start with this. Uh, yesterday, the Supreme Court rejected a request by Pennsylvania prosecutors to review the Pennsylvania Supreme Court's decision to overturn Bill Cosby's sexual assault conviction. So there you go. That puts it to bed, right? Well, there's really not much more recourse they have, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, at this point, they'll they'll probably just let it go. And they didn't really make like they didn't give an explanation. They yeah. Sometimes, the, sometimes the court will not hear a case that they believe they have no. Um, it's going to be a waste, right? A waste of money, no, no pa- or it does not fall within their purview. Uh, prosecutors in Monco argued in November that overturning Cosby's conviction set a dangerous precedent. However, on Monday. The nation's highest court denied their bid without explanation. Cosby was convicted of aggravated uh, incident assault in 2018 for drugging and sexually assaulting Andrea Constant. In 2004, he was sentenced to three uh, to ten years in state prison. Following his conviction, of course, he appealed the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania on the grounds that his due process rights were violated. That ruled in his favor in June 2021 and was released from prison last summer. I mean, so. Again, this isn't absolving or saying that, that it's not the case that he didn't do what, what he has been accused of doing. It's right. simply saying they made a sort of legal uh, agreement with him yep. and then they went back on that. Yep. And so that's the issue. Yep, exactly. It was a weird little technicality yes, thing. but yeah. hey, man, look at his lawyers. They were worth yep. the money. A uh, recent interview with CNN Dancing with the Stars alum Maxim Schmerkovsky. Yeah! Thank you. I practiced it. Said he's been... uh, (laughs) He's planning on returning to Europe to help efforts on the ground in Ukraine. Uh, He said that I spent the last couple of days with survivor's remorse, and I'm currently working on an opportunity to get back. Probably sometime next week, I'm going to go back to Poland and joining efforts on the ground sort of want to justify my safe out that way. Sort of want to justify my safe out that way. Is that Wordle? I don't, yeah, maybe it is. Uh, maybe it's supposed to be self, just okay. myself out that way. I don't really know. So, nonetheless, uh, Chmerkovsky uh, returned to the U.S. on Wednesday after he was stuck in Ukraine for a week amid the Russian invasion. At the time, he said the reason why Ukraine is standing right now is because of the Ukrainian people and the fact that the entire world is helping. And he also gave a huge shout out to Poland, huge shout out uh, to neighboring countries, he oh, said. So, uh, yeah, he may be heading back, or at least he says he is going back in there. Uh, after 1883 actor Sam Elliott tore apart Jane, uh, Jane Campion's uh, The Power of the Dog last week, calling it a piece of S and criticizing the film's gay themes, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch shared his two cents. In a recent interview for BAFTA Film Sessions, Cumberbatch alluded to Elliott's comments. He said, I'm trying very hard not to say anything about a very odd reaction that happened the other day on a radio podcast over here without meaning to stir up the ashes of that. He said, I don't want to get into the details of it, but somebody really took offense to, and I haven't heard it, so to, uh, it's unfair for me to comment in detail on it. He said, to the West being portrayed in this way. 
And he continued saying, and he gave a very smart reaction to it. He said, um, and beyond that reaction, that sort of denial that anybody could have any other than uh, a heteronormative existence because of what they do for a living or where they're born, there's also a massive intolerance within the world at large towards homosexuality still, towards an acceptance of the other or any kind of difference, and no more so, I guess, than in this prism of conformity. Uh, that's what's expected of a man in the Western archetype mold of masculinity. So I think to deconstruct that, though, uh, to look at that is it's not a history lesson. Uh, so he's saying it wasn't necessarily, it was just a story. It's a snapshot. Yeah. So, and, and sometimes um, it, it, it's it's not rewriting the lore of the West. No. It's just a, a little a little picture, yeah. a picture of something that was happening over there. Over there. Exactly. Over there. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. So nonetheless, and it's a movie. Come on, man. Yeah. Yes, I, and the most accurate dog movie. <laughs> that dog is so incredible. That cute. big red dog. That's yeah. not it. That's you keep confusing that. Oh God damn movie! It. In fact, there's no dog at all in I this movie. I bet you there's a dog in there somewhere. Well, I bet you in the background he's like. Arr. You gotta. You you have to. There there is there. It's an interesting thing. Nick, you saw it. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm tr- racking my brain, though, to see if Casey's right or not. Check out IMDb if a dog gets credit. Oh, like at yeah, some I was about point to Google, is there a dog? Somewhere in the movie, there might <laughs> be a dog. In, in the distance, in the background, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! Oh, man. <laughs> Actress Laurel Goodwin, who was in the movie Girls, 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 died February 25th in Cathedral City, California. Yeah, it was a crazy movie. 79 years old. That is correct. Girls with those crazy dresses, girls. Yep, her sister, Maureen Scott, announced the news. Goodwin made her movie debut at age 19, playing Laurel Dodge, who vies for Ross Carpenter, or Elvis Presley's heart, in the 1962 film Girls, Girls, Girls. That's the kind of name that uh, Elvis always ended up with in this movie. Yeah, Ross, Ross Carpenter. Carpenter. Yeah. <laughs> Brick Lair. Uh, she... Postman. <laughs> she... She also Oral surgeon. She also starred in. My name is Oral Surgeon. Uh, she also starred in uh, Papa's Delicate Condition and The Glory Guys. In 1965, she appeared in the rejected first pilot for Star Trek. Uh, she ended up turning down two comedy pilots in order to stay with Star Trek producers as they tried again. Uh, she was quoted as saying, I said, oh no, Star Trek is it. I've got to do Star Trek. It's she was kind of right. It's going to be wonderful. Uh, this was in an interview in 2016. However, producers later decided that they no longer needed her. What role did she play? Uh, I, I don't know. It was. Um, it may have been a role that they never went forward you know, with. So. In the first pilot of Star Trek, the uh, the role, like the number one. In fact, she was referred to number one was. Uh, it was a woman, and it was um, uh, Doctor McCoy's nurse, okay. who was uh, uh, Major Barrett, who was married to Gene Roddenberry. So they right. had you know a whole bunch of women in upper. Yeah, oh, I remember her. Yes, I thought it was her, and I was right. I was this is a right. this is a pivotal moment in my life. So who who is she? She was a she was a uh, uh, she was a pretty prominent character in the original pilot. Okay, so she just didn't make it to the second one uh, because follow- they had a whole like Jeffrey um, Hunter was the Captain Pike. In the original pilot, and then they went with Captain Kirk in the okay. second pilot. Uh, following this, Goodwin made appearances on Get Smart, Beverly Hillbillies, and Mannix before leaving acting in 1971 for nursing. But she was she was important. She was in that big uh, uh, that that first cast. Yeah, and I think she was the. I think I read this morning the last surviving member of that original first wow. cast of Star Trek. Jesus yeah. Christ! Right? What yeah. happened? Dude, time, man. It's time. a bitch. <laughs> 
Quote, Another Alan Keller quote. <laughs> yeah. Time's a bitch. I'm, man, it's a bitch. Eldon's having a bad day. <laughs> Not as inspirational today. Uh, Pamela Wait, Anderson. <laughs> what? I don't know if this is germane to what you were saying. It, don't show this, please. This is... Oh, there are three dogs on the Burbank Ranch, but they are not central to the plot. All right, there you go, Casey. All right. They were dogs. Thank you. We've moved on. All right. Uh, Pamela Anderson makes her Broadway debut next month in the musical Chicago. Uh, She will play Roxy Hart from April 12th through June 5th at the Ambassador Theater. This kind of blows my mind. A remarkable union of one of the most recognizable sex icons of the last few decades with a show that skewers fame. Did I miss the point at which she became a singer? That's a good... Yeah. Yeah. I... I don't think I've ever heard like her sing. A Broadway singer? Right. You right. want your most competent singer? Yeah. Uh, Anderson uh, said in a quote from Baywatch to Broadway, I am inspired by the unexpected. Uh, this is it, and I will not hold back anymore. I am letting go, and I am ready to see what I'm capable of. For Chicago, I'll be putting all my cards on the table. I am doubling down on me. Let me take that back for a second, because if you remember, Jerry Springer was in Chicago. Oh, okay. okay. Remember that? Yep. So maybe that's the musical that they let the non-singers siphon through. And then also <laughs> in the uh, the Hulu show, that uh, Pam and Tommy show, they indicate that she was loved musicals growing up. So right. Right. Is, uh, yeah, right. I love right. flying, but I'm not going to get behind the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a difference between flying an airplane and <laughs> singing on stage. But uh, but no, I mean maybe she. Can carry a tune. You know, she's right. to be... Uh, well, if she can, great. Uh, set in the 20s musical is a scathing satire of how show business and the media make celebrities out of criminals. And it has uh, Bob Fosse-inspired choreography, skimpy outfits, and killer songs such as All That Jazz and Cell Block Tango. Uh, the producer, Barry Weisler, said, Pam is a very moral person, extremely moral. She cares about animals. She cares about the planet. She cares about people. The difference between her as Pam... Uh, and Roxy is Roxy doesn't care about anyone but herself, and she doesn't give a damn about the outside world as long as she can be famous. So Pam comes with totally opposite attributes in life, uh, but she fits because of her celebrity and what she's gone through in life. And apparently he said that he had approached her about the role of Roxy over a decade ago, but their schedules didn't work. So this isn't like nope. just in response to this um, uh, you know, the, the the Pam and Tommy show, and she's got a Netflix documentary coming out. This is apparently he's wanted her to do it for a long there time. There we go. I got caught up on Pam and Tommy last night, and, and I understand that she wants to avoid it, but it really does paint her in a very sympathetic light. Like, it, everything that she goes through, it, it does not glorify the sex tape at all. You know, no. she, she's the victim in, throughout all of this, and I, I, I imagine that it's really difficult for this to resurface again in, in her life, but also, it's not like it's painting her to be a slut or, or you know, the, the right. anything... Uh, she comes away as honestly, she is the most. Um, you feel the most connection with her and what she's going through. Tommy uh, Lee is off. The, yeah, he's yeah. off the rails. Yep. Uh, but she, yeah, she's the one you focus in and have the most sympathy for. Yep. Speaking of another celebrity couple, uh, Machine Gun Kelly wants BTS to play his at his wedding. <laughs> yeah, join the club. <laughs> yep. Uh, during uh, the game Burning Questions on Ellen DeGeneres, he said that uh, if he had to pick a boy band to play his reception, he would pick uh, probably pick NSYNC or BTS, uh, adding Wouldn't that we all? he had an in with the Permission to Dance group. See, when they dance, they're so in sync. It's yeah. amazing to watch. Uh, he told DeGeneres, I met them at the Billboard Awards, and uh, they were, like, uh, stoked to meet me. 
And I think that I have a better chance of getting BTS to come. So you never know. We are stoked to meet you. Pull that off. Hey, uh, local talent. I got this out of the Philly Voice. Uh, out of Thornton, Delaware County, uh, a guy's going to be heading to Hollywood after appearing on American Idol. Yeah. Very cool. Luke Taylor, 20-year-old singer and student at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia, sang two songs during his audition on Sunday's episode of the ABC Singing Competition. Uh, Taylor, who currently has 2.1 million followers on TikTok, rose to social media fame during the early months of 2021 during the app's sea shanty craze. You guys remember that? Uh, yes. For about a blip there. Uh, he would add a bass note to other users' shanties in a form called duetting. Uh, and he later formed a sea shanty group with other TikTok users called the Anchorman. And apparently... I think that uh, American Idol kind of reached out to him to see if he would... Uh... Yeah, they've been doing that lately. They've been finding these little um, viral uh, sensations on TikTok and Instagram and stuff like and that. And so they're actually, oh, they're actually going after them yeah. this way? Yeah, so it's kind of like American that... Idol meets what The Voice was, essentially, yeah. you know? Is that kind of a uh, compromising of the original thing where... You know I think, what, I, I think, think it's, it's going to be more economical for them yeah. to cut well, to the chase and, yeah. and get right to it. And you have essentially... Audition tapes right there to watch. Yeah. Right, and not only that, they're letting, I think they're continuing with some will be on set, but I think they're going to also continue with some auditioning, Ooh. you know, uh, vis-a-vis uh, Zoom, Zoom yeah. connection. I don't, I don't know, but long gone are the days of the those auditions where, you know, Everybody you, waits and everybody waits, and then you don't know if you're going to get like this right. amazing thing or, or a clown show or, you know. Right. right. Well, they had Aretha... Some- the, the William Hung stories, like that type of yeah, thing. That's passe. The, so that's, that's gone? She, yeah, they had this one girl. She Because uh, she, I watched the first episode. I wanted to watch this episode, but I was, you know, just running around on Sunday night. But this girl, when she was talking, she was like, <laughs> you know, she had like yeah. a really like squirrely voice. And then when it got time for her to sing, she was Old like, Man River. Yeah, kind of. Really? Yeah. Dude, yeah. Casey, there was this singer in the 90s. Her name was Michelle Lay. Okay, so this is when I worked Top 40 Radio. Mm-hmm. And when she spoke, she spoke, she died like Demi yeah. And when she sang, it was like, <laughs> I mean, it was like a, yeah. it was a totally different thing. There are people that are like that. It's yeah. weird. Yeah. They were making a lot out of this dude who sounded or was singing Johnny Cash. Uh, was this on Sunday night? Uh, it might have been. It, it had to have been because I, I watched the week before okay, yeah, and, I, yeah. and I didn't see that. Uh, yeah. I might be wrong. Michelle A might be a porn star. That <laughs> sounds like a get porn star. Probably still makes so. Her voice probably changes the same way. Yeah. Whoa! She gets a little assistance. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to see this guy. I didn't. I, I didn't get to see what he was. Uh, what he sounded like. No. Yeah, she's a pornographic film star. No, no, L-E. L-E, oh. not L-A-Y. <laughs> okay, let's try that. Uh, all right, never mind. I, 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 it's I'm amazing. i porn stars and my singers mixed up. It happens. Are there any porn stars in the uh, Benedict Cumberbatch movie? Uh, <laughs> there's some wannabe porn stars. All right, how about this? Uh, according to page six, 40 Days and 40 Nights star Josh Hartnett... Uh, secretly married his longtime partner, Tasman Egerton, uh, in November. Uh, the pair were married at the uh, Marylebone, no, uh, Marylebone Town Hall in London uh, in the Soho, Soho room that seats only 12 people, according to a friend. That was That's ever. a small room. Uh, they're uh, as smitten as ever, the source said, and wanted to make it official and a low-key affair, and it was a classy ceremony with only a handful of close family and friends. So he is now married. 
Um, is there Tasman Egerton? Is that re- any relation to like Joel Egerton or I don't Egerton? Think so. She's okay. an actress. I do know that. Yeah, uh, I thought maybe uh, Taryn Egerton, right? Because uh, it's spelled differently than Joel's last name, Casey. But, okay, uh, I don't believe there's any relationship. People magazine reports that Aaron Rodgers and Shailene Woodley are trying to remain friendly. Uh, the pair attended Rodgers Green Bay Packers teammate David. Uh, Bagatari, is that how you say his name? Sure. Uh, Bagatari's wedding to Frankie Shebby in Santa Barbara. Shebby, Shebby. Over the weekend. Uh, a source told the publication that uh, they both had intense work schedules in the fall, and it wasn't possible that, for them to focus on their relationship. And uh, now with Aaron's season over, he wants to give it another try. He thinks Shailene is very special. She is more hesitant, though. Well, you know, this is the time of getting back together with people you've broken up. We have a number of celebrity couples that reunited. Yeah. Now, this is just this just happened, so maybe they need to let it breathe a bit. But right, right. Who knows? Hope springs eternal. Yep. People reports that Taylor Swift posted on her Instagram story on Sunday, applauding her friend Zoe Kravitz on her work in The Batman. Uh, she wrote, uh, Zoe is the Catwoman of my dreams, alongside a photo of uh, Kravitz in her Catwoman suit. <laughs> and she said the Batman was phenomenal. There we go. Cool. I didn't know they were I friends. I thought you guys would want to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there was a, a singer named Michelle Lee. That's it. But it's, it's spelled weirdly. It's M-I-C-H-E-L and then apostrophe L-E. Yes. And so, but she had a song called Something in My Heart. Mm, yeah, that's not the one that I remember, what are the, but. Do you have a list of the movies that Michelle Lay made? The porn yeah. star? <laughs> I haven't gotten that far in my research <laughs> Something yet. in my butt. <laughs> no more lies is what you're looking for, Preston. That's it. That's the one. Yeah, right. and That's... apparently it was, uh, she's the mother of Dr. Oh. Dre's first child. Oh. Craig Lagans. Craig Lagans, yep. man. Yep. I figured out. Oh, she yeah. was on uh, Club MTV. Yeah, she had she had a hit. Um, but I, I'm interested in the titles of the porn star now. <laughs> right. Michelle Lay. <laughs> Lay. Huh. And what all. <laughs> something in my heart, something in my butt. Something in my butt. <laughs> 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 all uh... right. Uh, how about this, man? Okay, so. The Walking Dead. Okay. <laughs> AMC announced Monday yet another spinoff of the zombie apocalypse drama will debut on the network and its streaming platform AMC Plus in 2023. Now, this one, Isle of the Dead, will star Lauren uh, Lauren Cohen and Jeffrey Dean Morgan. So they got two of the biggies. They, so they do, but if you could pick any two people who would have... <laughs> she wants to kill them. Yes. Yeah. They're, they'll write it somehow or another. Well, they they're, you know they're gonna, you're not so up. bad, right? Remember just, when I caved your boyfriend's skull in? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. She had uh, the most. Yeah. Probably. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. Ammo against him. Uh, so nonetheless, uh, more. It's uh, they're going to be their original dead characters, Maggie and Negan, respectively, who leave the fortress of Georgia forest. Sorry, of Georgia behind for a zombie infested Big Apple. And the series will be produced by current dead writer uh, Eli Jorn. So is it like Sex in the City meets The Walking Dead? I think that's what they're going for. In the new series, Maggie and Negan... Harry <laughs> Once enemies will travel to a post-apocalyptic Manhattan long ago cut off from the mainland. Uh, the crumbling city is filled with the dead and uh, denizens who have made New York City their own world full of anarchy, danger, beauty, and terror. So Walking Dead meets Escape from New York. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, Cohen left dead, by the way, when she was cast in the short-lived ABC series Whiskey Cavalier in 2019, but returned after that series' cancellation. This is the fifth spinoff of the Dead Universe so far. So Fear the Walking Dead is now in the seventh season. Uh, limited series Walking Dead. Stop, Stop. 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 
Steve, it's a chorus line. They kick and like five legs go flying off in the Or they do like the, the Negan crowd. dance. <laughs> the Negan dance. The Negan Rockettes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Steve does this movement that you need yeah, to see. Of Negan, where he just, just, he almost has no right, skeleton. Right, like he's drunk, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's his thing. Yep. Uh, they're both great. Right. They're both great. But to me, again, I think that's both, uh, we've said many times, that's the reason you and I tapped out. Yeah. I found it impossible to, impossible to believe they, it's like, you got a Hitler there. Yep. Get, kill him! So, Fear the Walking Dead, like I said, in the seventh season, limited series, Walking Dead, The World Beyond, aired from uh, uh, 2020 to 2021. Episodic anthology, Tales of the Walking Dead, is due this summer. And an untitled series starring Norman Reedus and Darryl, as Daryl and Melissa McBride as Carol is also due in 2023. And a trio of films starring the series' original protagonist, Rick Grimes, played by Andrew Lincoln, is also expected. My God. And, of course, the... Final season of the original Dead is airing Sundays on AMC. It, the well has been gone to mm-hmm. quite a lot, and I wonder if this spells the final curtain on a lot of these things yeah. because it's just too much. It is hard to say, but people are still on board for now, man. It's wild. Like, I love zombie stuff, but I love new spins on it. I yeah. love, give me something, yeah. like Train to Busan is, is a wonderful spin on zombie uh, lore and legend. When you see these zombies moving at the pace that they move at, it's like, how the freak did they spread this across the world? Like, how is that even possible? It's like, you know... Well, well do you it, remember for a while there, just if you died alone... Uh, you know what, you're you right. You would turn into a zombie. Fair enough. Yeah. And that happened. Yeah. A couple yeah, times Everybody was... Uh, yep. But this Everybody's also... Infected. Add this. Uh, I guess that's true, because everyone who's who died you, in that original thing would have been... Oatmeal. By the time we're, <laughs> yeah. r- so it's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. At what this point, point you're stepping over decaying. puddles, right? Yeah. yeah. But for me, I'm I'm I'm, in, I'm invested in the characters, and they and for me, they I think they've done a nice job of killing off people, but also introducing people that you then start to care about as well. But they don't force it on you too quickly. No, I right? know they're they're good at that. But I'm like, there's just. With anything like this, again, I've, I've really, it's become more clear to me over the past couple of years with the limited series. Give me the limited. Give me give me the something that really rocks. You know what they could do? Short basis. Not to go too far off it, but if they really wanted to get some length of it. But I, I don't know how much, if people would care if, if the whole zombie thing ends. Okay, they find yeah. out how to fix the problem. Yeah. Then you've got to rebuild the world. And right. with that would be warring factions. There right. Would be, there would be uh, communities rising up and trying to, there'd be some that would, you know, be for good. Others would want to control. You know, there, there's a lot of story that could be there. They could continue. A ton of, on, yeah. But oh, without dystopian. zombies, be kind of hard sell. So, all right, anyway, we can go ah, on. Yeah. Whatever. Ah, hell, let's do the you clips. Wanna, okay. What? Well, we have No More Lies by Michelle Lay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've yeah. never heard it before. Well, you you need to hear hear her speak. Okay, so that's her. That's a, a speaking part. So yeah. you hear her voice, and then okay. she goes into the. Anyway, wow. she talks like a little girl, yeah. Yeah. but she's got a really powerful singing voice. Why so. doesn't she just talk like she sings? Right, exactly. <laughs> Why can't you do that? Stop doing that. Do right. more of that. Yeah. Stop being that. Be better. All right, I'm ready for the clips. Here we go. 
In the year 2033, humans... That's the future are able to upload their consciousness into a virtual afterlife of their choosing after they die. And here, Robbie Amell talks about why people are connecting with the show Upload. The show is very easy to watch. It's, you know, half-hour episodes. It's a comedy. It's lighthearted. It poses interesting questions, but, you know, at its core, it's a charming show about two people and their relationship and, you know, the, the weird situation that they're in and the weird people around them. Yeah! Season 2 of Upload premieres Friday on Prime Video. A lot of people like that. I saw a little bit of the first episode. I think it's something I want to go back to and okay. explore. I enjoyed it, yeah. Next clip. Barry Allen is the Flash, a crime scene investigator who gains superhuman speed and uses it to fight criminals. And here, Grant Gustin talks about the confidence he has gained from this role. This is like giving me a completely different uh, confidence in myself as a human and as an actor. And so Flash and Barry is all about just moving forward. It's like Jeff John said it to me best early on. It's like your past is like an anchor and you can't just cut it off and leave it at the bottom of the ocean floor. You have to like roll it up and bring it with. Shut up, dummy. Uh, season eight of The Flash. <laughs> Yeah, premieres yeah. tomorrow on CW. So I, Steve, isn't this an example of a show that should have like a, Nick? You got it exactly right. I mean, you know, started and ended, and then you know, continuing the movie. I, I don't know what I'm uh, talking so, about. So, but- so comic books go on for. I, I got it. I got it. But by the fourth season, I started to feel like we've been to this dance. I, I watched the first yeah. two th- seasons. Of I it. enjoyed like the two. hell out of it. Yeah, and then I was like, I uh, until this clip right now, I didn't know it was still Eight on. Eight seasons. Good lord. Yep. All right. That's your entertainment report. We got to take a break. We'll come back in a moment. Don't forget, we got a tattoo. Chance for you to win a President's Steve theme tattoo. So text word tattoo to 39333. Uh, as it is tattoos, they will be back in just a moment. Stay put. Hey, this is Amy Lee. This is Jen and Corey from Rock and roll is powerful. And so are the voices behind it. Women have always been and will always be a driving force in rock history. And our voices are getting louder every day. From Evanescence, Skillet, and WMMR, thank you for writing the next chapter with us. Let's see if somebody knows what film you can hear this clip in. I will have you know, I was the first Negro female student at West Virginia University Graduate School. On any given day, I analyze the barometer levels for air displacement, friction, and velocity, and compute over 10,000 calculations by hand. So yes, they let women do some things at NASA, Mr. Johnson, and it's not because we wear skirts. It's because we wear glasses. All right, we'll go to the phones, and I'm going to go to Shaggy, see if he knows the answer. Hey, Shaggy, good morning. Hey, good morning, everybody. It's y- Hidden Figures. You got it, Hidden Figures. Absolutely correct, sir. Hang on the line. We're going to get your information, and we're going to give you a case of Troganator Double Box. <laughs> the Troganator Double Box is a beer for people who love beer, layered with notes of smooth caramel, stone fruit, and fresh toasted grains. And you can enjoy the Troganator at Food and Friends at 1933 Spruce Street in Philly. So congrats. So she has played Katherine Johnson in that movie. Yes. Great film. I, that's, Everybody's good in that movie. That's the one. You know what I love about that movie is that um, they, they, took, they, they created a soundtrack that was outside of the music of that time. It was... It had a real modern, yeah. uh, cool feel to it, and uh, it gave it a different flavor, and I thought it was really, really awesome outside of just the inspiring story and everything. Just a great movie. So uh, we'll play a few clips uh, in your chance to win some prizes on International Women's Day. Um, but a something else to talk about. Uh, Steve sent me over this. Um, uh, it was a poll, a survey that was done recently, and it's about um, sad 
songs. It's about songs that are, you know, have a, uh, a more melancholy feel to them or flat out about breakups and things like that. Right. And how actually um, a sad song can be a good thing for you to listen to. I find it is. I do, too. Uh, when I, I want to sort of have a melodic commiseration, mm. like a, like an, someone you feel a connection to what someone else has been going through. You feel it's similar to perhaps to what you might be going through or just like... I'm in this mood now. I'm going right. to run with it for a while. Yep. So it was a stir- survey that was done by 2,000 adults, and they've come up with a list of the saddest songs of all time, or at least of, of recent time. Um, and a couple of facts before going into uh, some of the titles. Uh, just under half of survey respondents believe that a song can have a big impact on their mood. 48% said that. Consequently, 36% opt for a sad song when they're feeling nostalgic. While another 24% can't help but play their favorite somber tunes after a breakup. Notably, however, a little bit of melancholy can actually help us turn the page as well. Under ha- Just under half respondents also admit that a sad song can kind of brighten their day. Sad songs say so much. They do. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Uh, wait, so you have a list of them? I do. Can, can I guess one? Because when this song came out, my friend called me and she goes, uh, if you're having a bad day, don't listen to this. All right. And let, me, let me go through a couple other things here. And then, right, yes, okay. I want to hear what, because I want to hear what all of you may have in mind as far as an ultimate sad song uh, is. I like what you just said, though, about about the application of it, what you will use. Yeah. That's as different as the songs that you might like in this list or not like, uh, how you employ sad songs to alter mood or reinforce a mood. So they said uh, participants were asked also, well, just what makes a great song in general? And there were three main components they came up with again and again, and it's a good beat, a memorable melody, and the capacity to evoke legitimate emotional reaction. And therein is where song, sad songs have such an impact. You left out the fourth one, inclusion of the words big butts. Oh, I yeah. did not oh, okay. w- realize everybody had <laughs> agreed on that. But another 19% uh, percent said that a good song needs to be relatable. When asked why music is important, the top explanation given by respondents was that it can raise a smile. Meanwhile, another 54% value music because it gives them a lift when they need it. Uh, and uh, most, and, and another 30% enjoy sharing music with other people. Uh, this was a study out of the UK, and a lot of times it can differ from what we might agree with here in the U.S. And there, you might hear some titles that you're not familiar with, but for the most part, it's a solid list. Actually. Yeah, I, I, again, that is the case, and so many times... And these lists always work in both ways. It's like, this list stinks, and you can go off on that. Yeah. Or, like, I, I do agree with a lot of the selections in this one. So, Kathy, what was it your friend said, if you're if you're feeling down, don't listen so to this So it was, it was a couple of years ago, and it was right when the song came out, but it was Adele's Hello. Adele's Hello. Uh, there are some Adele songs on here. Uh, let me see here. Hello, Hello's no. her big, her big n- massive hit, right? That's the biggest... Adele song, Hello. I mean, at the time it was. I don't know about now. That one, believe it or not, is not on here. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Does it, is, is, stinks. is the message sad in that? I don't, it, I don't just, remember. Everything about it is sad. Like, you know, her songs are slow as it is, but this one is like really slow. Okay. And yeah, it, there's a sad message in I there. mean, her best songs were following breakups, and it's where great art comes from, is, yeah. is heartache a lot of the time. And so, you know, her, her best songs, her best albums yeah. came after her relationships ended. But I'm looking at your list, Preston, and her, the, the, her top tracking one, as far as your list is concerned, is a heart-wrenching song. 
and it's just a beautiful song. It came off of her 21 album. And, what is it? Um, it's called Someone Like You. Never mind, I'll find yeah. someone like you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You're right, you're right. You have, nothing you have that on your iPod? It. Of course. Come on, man. There you <laughs> go. It's on your workout, yeah. Nick. Yeah. I wish, is the line going, does the line go, I wish nothing but the best, best for you both? Yeah. There you go. Uh-huh. Here, I'm letting go. Uh-huh. Please, enjoy. I'll wither and die over I'm here. I'm the bigger person. You guys are happier and I'm I'm bigger. No, I know, Yeah. But you, uh, you know, and, and I've t- actually talked about the song in the past um, on the show because there is a raw, I mean, lyrically raw, raw um, lyrics on there because she, she just really just, she's naked for everybody to see. Like, she mm. talks about showing Ooh, up at a party. Uh, she was so heartbroken and she was still so in love with this guy that she went to a party knowing that he was going to be there, hoping yeah. that, she, that he would see her and... Go, oh, what am I thinking? You know what? Uh, uh, we we need to get, and it didn't work. Did happen. No. Back to said, oh, that, it's you. you know? Yeah. He I, went Mel Gibson on her. Yeah, no, I've done so that. So you've, you've done some research into this song? Outside, uh, or is that, or just, or just lyrically, does it just spell it out that way? Uh, or it, you had read that in an article? No, no, no. Lyrically, it's it's spelled out. Okay. Um, the, uh, I don't know why I'm having such a hard narrative. All right. Casey's going to play this for us. Here. This is, uh, but, I mean, this album was just an amazing Album. It's won the Grammy, right? So, I mean, what? Just that starts opening. Off. Can you slowly notes? dance for us? Yeah. Can I dance with Kathy? No. No, no, no. We want to see a solo, sad, an dance interpretive song. dance from you. So, if like you wouldn't mind, please. Here he goes. Here he goes. Thinking as well. The happy, are you like the happy hands or something? Yeah. I'm doing um, that sign language. Yeah. yeah. All right. It's beautiful. <laughs> doing all the oral sex. Yeah. All right. The butt stuff she never gave to him. All right. Anyhow, let's go through something. We, we can't. Uh, we can't put that on YouTube because of the. That's right. Yeah. If, if, you know what? In fact, our, our audio just probably cut off oh. on YouTube. That it won't allow us. Yeah. You just have to watch. Uh, we can, well, we got to do this like this. I know. Daily Rush video or something. Yeah, just like acapella, that. Casey. <laughs> Never mind. Do <laughs> <laughs> uh, you want to go through some of these songs? Yes. All right. It. So uh, we'll start. There's 30 of them. I don't know if we need to go all the way to 30. 219. Let's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was Adele's first album. Was nineteen. All right, I'll 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 go through the ones that I that I uh, that catch my eye. I like uh, Boys to Men, End of the Road. Oh my god, that's number twenty seven. That's definitely a uh, a sad one. Simon and Garfunkel, The Boxer. It's a great. Now that is not a. That's not that. You know, she broke my heart. I broke her heart. That that is just a sort of a, a life assessment. And and uh, I love that song lyrically. Oh. It's just amazing. It's a masterpiece. Well, right, so Bridge but, Over Troubled Water. Yes. Yeah. Is, and the, the follow-up um, part, what, what do they call that second part? Because uh, it goes, the, it, it shifts into a, there's like a, I forget the name of it. It's Bridge Over Troubled Water slash. There's another part um, to it? Uh, my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. Oh, okay. I remember okay. that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I only know it as uh, yeah. a little water. So, so wait, um, but the boys to men, uh, it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday is not on there? Um, that is more of a heart-wrenching song than... Let's see on ben, here. On ben yeah, it's not. Okay. It's not. Yeah, they have a couple of uh, ballads that definitely uh, tug at the heartstrings. 
Uh, let's see what else is on here. Um, Carol King, It's Too Late. That is a great song. Because that might be one of my late, top three. Baby, that one oh, it's too late. Though we really did try to make it, See, we can think it. something inside has died, and I'm on something, and I can't fake it. No, no. Ding, 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 ding. Uh, here's another good one Amy Winehouse, Back to Black. That's a damn good song. That is a great song. Yeah. That whole album How does that is one go? phenomenal. Uh, and she talks about. No, no, no. She talks about. Um, uh, you know me, I'm no good. Um, and Casey, I'd have to hear it. Uh, but play it. We well, can't. if we play, oh, Wait, well, this is pointing. Oh, she's pointing. She's saying up here, up to the stars, everybody. Uh, yeah, this is a great song. Or no, maybe I was thinking of I'm no good. It includes a lyric, keep his tea wet. <laughs> yeah. Listen, her songs have some really yeah. profane stuff in there. It's hidden behind yeah, this yeah. really great music, which makes it so cool. I yeah. love it. Now Listen to that I'm voice. back to black. She's great. Uh, who else is on here? Um, Sam Smith, Stay With Me. That's a great yeah. song. Okay. That's his, big, that's his biggest, right? Yeah, that's a big hit. Yeah. Uh, Al Green, How Can You Mend a Broken Heart? Mm. For Al Green, I'd say... Uh, yeah, okay, we'll go with that. Uh, the Beatles, Long and Winding Road. Oh. What do you think is the most emotional, sad Beatles song? Do you think it's that, or do you think like Eleanor Rigby? Oh, well, lyrically, that one's really sad. It's yeah. about the lonely people, yeah. you know? And and, uh, and sometimes when I'm... When I sing along with that song, I do think about that and, and how it's an homage to yeah. those people who just seem to be on the fringe solo. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. But, uh, that's... but uh, Yesterday is on the list higher up, and it's definitely one that emotionally okay. yeah. touches me. That, uh, that scene in Yesterday, the movie, when he comes back and he's, quote unquote, written the long and winding road, it's just... It yeah. is so great, and and, mm-hmm. and I I don't think I've ever been like that emotionally connected to a song, right? Uh, it, th- or that the, song, the way it was framed that way. Yeah, no, I hear yeah. you. Uh, let's see, you two with or without you. It's a great mm-hmm. song. I don't know if I consider that a. I don't. I don't feel sad. No, when I, listen I, to that. I. That's like one I'll belt out in my car. And yeah, no one's listening. Yeah. Do you know it's a great? Um, all I want is you. Oh it my is, god, that is a that is a sad. Beautiful song. And another one is, um, uh, uh, um, oh man, damn it, it's on Joshua Tree. Uh, it's about a girl, it's a heroin overdose story. Oh, um, at the, on the, uh, the uh, end of side one? I don't know, in rain, maybe. Run from the darkness in the night. Oh, uh, Running to Stand Still? Running to Stand Still. Yep. That mm. is a beautiful, sad song. Absolutely. Okay, so here's... Now, breakup songs obviously give me sad songs. I've told this story right. on the air before. My sister was going through a breakup. Oh, yeah. And she lived in... Uh, she lived in... It was living in Florida, and my my uncle, who lives in the same town, was like, my God. <laughs> Every time I got in the car, she would put this song on and sing to it, and I wanted to just jump out that? going 100 miles an hour. It was Bonnie Raitt. Um, Bruce you, can't, you can't make me love you. Oh, yeah. I can't make, I you, can't love make you love me if you, you don't. Or if you want one or the other. And it's oh, essentially no. that. It's just Aww, the ultimate in, in depressed. And she's saying she's, she's in bed 
with him and she knows they don't feel the way just hold me till the the sun comes up yep. mm-hmm. i know i know this can never be yep. and then you have bruce hornsby his piano playing is so fantastic i love this song as well uh, if your you're sister s- ever wants someone to listen to, just have her call me. Here you go, number 15 <laughs> on this list of, sa- of great sad songs, Coldplay Fix You. Yeah. yeah. Song. It's, yep. an, it's an amazing song, and it, and it meets this crescendo. It's, I mean, it's really, really sad, but then it's uplifting as well. It's a great song. Are there songs that will actually make you cry? Yes. That song made me too. cry. That one I think, will. I think you need to sort of be on, in the right spot, though. Like, you, you can't just... The song isn't necessarily the trigger every time, right? Like you got to be in that mood and then put the song on yes. in order for the crying to happen. Do you know what? Yeah. So, so fix you has that. It starts with that very slow part and then builds to the crescendo, which is very emotional. I uh, and it's not. Um, and it's not even technically a song about. Uh, it's about caring, but it's it, what right. the message is right there. Right, yeah, right. I, so, I don't necessarily. I, I'm going to. Make it better for you, and 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 om- it almost implies that there's going to be. I'm going to try. Uh, there's going to be folly to that because you can't fix someone. You can support someone. You know, right, right. But uh, I had actually broken down, like crying. It was. Uh, I was listening to a song. I was running, so I was on a runner's high at the same time right. that the the crescendo hit. And I had to stop. Like, I, I literally, I was running. I was in Ocean City. I was running on the boardwalk, and I had to, like... The crying jogger. Well, <laughs> yes. He comes by every day at one. <laughs> there he is again. Here he comes. Yeah. <laughs> Get out to uh, it was it was not too long after my father had passed away. <laughs> yeah, so. Oh, that would have a big yeah. Listen, there are weird moments, uh, and and uh, I've, I've said this before of when you might be jogging and crying. There is, uh, <laughs> uh, there used to be this. Um, uh, it may have been on YouTube, but it's it's people eating and crying at the same time. Yes, and I have <laughs> done the it worst. so many times. You could I'll die be watching a movie. Yeah, okay, having dinner. Oh my yeah. god! And a really sad scene comes on. All of a sudden, I'm crying and I'm <laughs> chewing at the same. It's hilarious you say that. <laughs> yeah. Like I know because I know the movies to avoid when you're eating. Yes, uh, you'll die. Uh, I, I thought think... of the uh, saddest Beatles song in my uh, repertoire is uh, "She's Leaving Home." Oh, oh man, that gets me every time. Yes, yes. I want to play these. F YouTube. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, uh, Daddy, our baby's gone. Yeah. Oh, man. That's yeah. uh, Empty a Nester. That's your relationship with your kids or with your parents, with Do the you, Beatles. You know what song makes me tear up all the time is, is uh, Jackson Brown, The Pretender. That's a great song. All right, so. see, what gets you more? Jackson Brown, uh, you personally, Jackson yeah. Brown or uh, Don Henley, The End of the Innocence? <laughs> Uh, your, uh, the Heart of the Matter. Heart of the, Heart of the Matter. Matter. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, it's a great album, though. Which, uh, the... Um, it's Heart of the Matter. I Heart know, of the Matter like, is a perfect song. I, I, I think lyrically, it is a perfect song. I think Jackson Brown has, like, after the deluge and stuff, that to me just, like, hits me so hard. Yeah. Uh, there's a song called For a Dancer. Um, <laughs> I, I, I oh, can't man. even talk about it. But, but it, it, where, where he's talking about, you know, you, you, you may not know the impact you had on people you were, who surrounded you. And that's your, you know, and and it's just I don't want to talk about it because it made me cry. Uh, there's a song from Don Henley called uh, "Not Enough Love in the World," which is on oh. the same album. And the the lyric goes, um, "I was either standing in her shadow or blocking your light, standing uh, uh, in her shadow, blocking your light." Um, something. No matter how hard I tried, I could not get it right. 
Uh, for you, girl, there's not enough love in the world. And I'm like, uh, oh, dude, it hits you right in the heart. There's a song by Bare Naked Ladies, and it's called Break Your Heart. And they they put on a live record called uh, Rock Spectacle in the mid-90s. And Break Your Heart is about this guy who uh, is not in love with a woman who's in love with him. Yeah. And he doesn't have the courage to break up with her. And so he doesn't want to break her heart, so he keeps going out with her, and he extends the relationship. But the oh, it's it's a it's just this gorgeous, beautiful song. <laughs> I went to uh, my most played list on on my iTunes. It's right near the top, and I, I think like. I don't know. I, I like listening to sad songs sometimes, and that one is definitely a sad song. All right, let me let me get some calls because right. our, our phone lines are completely jammed up now. I'm going to go to Jeremy. Hey, Jeremy. Good morning. Hey, what's going on, guys? Yo, buddy. All right. So, what's a uh, the, the sad song for you? Well, there's actually two that that bring tears to my eyes. Ain't no sunshine mm. by Bill Withers. Great. That's on this list. Great, yeah, that's number song. eleven on yeah. this list. A beautiful song. Ain't no sunshine when she's in Jar of Hearts from Christina. Perry. Oh my God! Yes. Oh, Jar of Hearts. Yeah. Jar of Hearts. No. Mixed martial arts. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. No, that, actually, um, she's from Ben Salem. She graduated from Archbishop Ryan. And can you sing it? Because I'm not. I'm not getting. I'm, I'm not even joking. No, I, I'm not I can't. Sing. I'm not going to sing it. But it became the song became popular for because uh, so you think you can dance used it uh, and people were like what. Is that song? Does anyone know? Can they hum it? Because I'm, I'm I'm drawing a blank on Jar of Hearts. I have it on my phone. Jeremy, oh, can you sing a little bit of it for us? <laughs> you guys always want to call Okay, all right. <laughs> I believe we have it here. But it's a uh, it's one that that gets you right in the feels. It it so much to the point that I actually have a tattoo representing Whoa. that song. Really. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I have a yeah. jar of farts tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> I now regret. It's a scratching sniff. <laughs> exactly. No, jar of hearts. All right. It's not ringing a bell, though. I'm sure we'll find it. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Jeremy. Appreciate Thank it, man. You. All right. We'll see you. Uh, I will go to Bill. Hey, Bill. Good morning. Good morning. All right. Sad My songs. My daughter broke up with her boyfriend, and she was playing Fiona Apple's yeah. album. Constantly, mm-hmm. Fiona Apple is God, yes, never is a promise. Is a is one of those ones. Fiona Apple is all dour stuff. Moody, yeah. moody oh. artist. Yeah, yeah. She definitely yeah. got and a. She doesn't have a party album. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, wow. <laughs> but for me, uh, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald and the Green Berets. <laughs> the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald wow. and the Ballad of the Green Beret. That the unique choices. Yeah, I'm a collector. <laughs> okay. All right, thanks, Bill. <laughs> Thank right, you. Appreciate right. it. Silver wings upon their chest. <laughs> These are men, America's best. Right. Who do you think you are? Running around leaving scars. Jar of hearts? Jar of hearts. Okay. Jar of hearts. Six missing jars of hearts. You're gonna catch a cold from the Think you are. Her brother is also, I think he played with um, Silvertide and, and Shinedown. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Okay. So from, they lived in, uh, grew up in Ben Salem. That's pretty cool. Talented family. Let me go next to. We're talking about very sad songs that uh, that just get you. I'm going to go to Dave. Hey, Dave. Good morning. Good morning, folks. Hey, Dave. All right. So, what's the one for you? The one for me, uh, his entire catalog, but uh, Leonard Cohen. Yeah. 
Uh, I don't That's... know a lot of Leonard Cohen. I know Hallelujah. My first agent in comedy was a massive Leonard Cohen fan, so he turned me on. To, I, I was not a big fan of him, Leonard Cohen himself singing his songs. Right. But his, uh, like, uh, Hallelujah, yeah, as you said, and, and uh, uh, what, what is your favorite song, Dave, by Leonard Cohen? Well, Bird, Bird on a Wire is my favorite song. That is a little sad. A lot of people covered that one. But the one I'm thinking of is Chelsea Hotel because he sings about meeting Janis Joplin, going to the Chelsea Hotel, making love, and still feeling ugly and sad and lonely. Mm, wow. It's not, a, it's not an upbeat. Okay. <laughs> it's not says, an upbeat. Yeah. <laughs> what were you going to say, Dave? He even says, we are ugly. We are ugly. Wow. Interesting. All right. Yeah, he definitely lays well, it out In my there. case, you'd be right. Thanks, mm-hmm. Dave. Appreciate it, man. Uh, let me go through uh, the rest of this list, and we can, we can get some more calls. But I'll, I'll get you uh, Bill Withers' Ain't No Sunshine was number 10. Robbie Williams' Angels, not as big of an artist here. I love that song. He's... Robbie Williams is super talented, and a lot of people don't realize that. But Angels is a great song. Number 10. Number 9. Here's a classic just depressed song, Eric Carmen's All By Myself. I mean, that oh, is yeah, yeah. When I was really about just like life it's like sucks. I never needed mm-hmm. it. Yeah, everything is wrong. Yes. All by myself. Don't want to be yeah. all by myself. Yeah. And it's just all this, I am I'm just drowning in my tears I right now. Suck. I suck. <laughs> Doesn't uh, Sandler sing that in uh, Happy Gilmore? <laughs> so he brings oh, I don't know. Like, yeah, I think he's like crying by the window at one point. <laughs> did uh, did Bismarcky do a cover of that song? Really? Oh, that'd be hilarious. I think he did. I think Bismarcky did a, a riff on that song. I'm I'm I, I'm pretty sure. And he, then and then Eric Carmen like had a a, a C and D against him. Uh, for that, I don't know, Marissa. See if you can. Is Marissa in there? She did. Uh, he did um, alone again, and then alone did... again. That's it. Okay. Not all by myself. Alone again, I naturally, like which was Gilbert O'Sullivan. In a little while from now. Yes. Yeah. If I'm not, which kidding. is another. That's one. another depressing. Alone again, naturally. I like that. Of course, me. Yeah. Here I, I am alone. Yeah. Yep. Kick yep. me in the balls. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Go ahead. <laughs> you know, it's a great song, Presto. I know you know the song. It was covered by the Carpenters, but first by Leon Russell. Song for you. You know that song? Yes. That's that a beautiful is a song. Beautiful yeah. song. Um, but, uh, and in fact, um, uh, Ray, um, um, Ray, Ray Charles, Ray Charles, I yeah. think did a, a, really? a, a riff on that oh. too. Uh, Roy Orbison crying is number eight I on mean, this well, list. Well, 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 you're crying. Crying over you. That's, you're crying. That's the you refrain. miss your charge of farts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number seven, saddest songs of all time. Celine Dion, Kathy, it's my heart will go on. <laughs> that Come is on, a Kathy. great song. It, Let me hear it, Kathy. Oh, it is. Sing it, Kathy. No, the way the you. way you sing it for us always. On, we used to have a clip of her. Yeah. I'm gonna Did find it. it. I'm gonna find that. it. Whether you sing it live. Yeah, you don't remember that? Yeah, it's on she left it on a voicemail. Yeah. Mm, go on. Go on. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh number six, we already mentioned Adele, someone like you. Uh number five, the Beatles, yesterday. Mm. Just a, a beautiful and yeah, a sad song. Um, about uh, love that's passed. It's gone. Uh, number four, Whitney Houston, I Will Always Love You. And actually, we have a we have a more recent version last night of the uh, Country Music Awards. Kelly oh. Clarkson just blew it out of the water. She oh. did, man. Case, do you have that? Uh, no, but I have Nell singing Tainted Love. You All right, let's do that. Nell okay. singing Tainted yeah. Love. Kong Kong. Kong Kong. So sad. <laughs> because you know. Terribly sad. You, you want to hear Kathy say? I think she also, didn't she do a great wham song at she one did. point, Casey? She did. Kong Kong. Kong Kong. 
Hong Kong. Oh, man. <laughs> Hong Kong. You yeah. put the Hong Kong into my brain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wait, uh, <clears throat> I'm trying to find... The late for dinner didn't taste the same. <laughs> we have Kathy singing... Uh... Yeah, here we go. This is Kelly Clarkson singing the Dolly Parton slash Whitney Houston classic. Here we go. She can, man, Kelly can sing. She change It's awesome. Woo. You know, and I, uh, every day I tune in for Kelly Oki, which <laughs> starts the beginning of the Kelly Clarkson show. I was sitting at a bar with two friends uh, over the weekend, and a Whitney Houston song came on. And uh, the bartender turned it off and put on some country song, like, in the middle yeah. of the no. song. Not just, there were there was us three girls, and then there were guys on either side of us. Yeah. Everyone's head whipped up, and I'm not kidding, it was, like, in sync at the same time. Everyone was like, I've had that before where a song ends and then everybody just goes, oh, exact same reaction. Yeah. I was just getting into that. Yeah, she was so apologetic. She's like, I didn't think you guys wanted to listen to that. What is the song? I, I, uh, um, I believe the children of the... I believe oh, uh, better coming to America, the covers. Yeah. Uh, greatest love of all. Greatest love of all. All right, uh, another one on this list is, um, let's see, that was number four. Number three is Eric Clapton, Tears in that Heaven. That is just a heart-wrenching song. It's after the, you know the death of his son. I mean, yeah. yeah. He fell out a window. Yes, five floors up, Bram. I remember horrible. that story was just absolutely I horrible. Thought that, I thought it, that's not what it was about. Um, well, it I happened after that. It happened right no, after that's that. that's not what it's about. Okay, Nick. I thought it had direct correlation to that. Look that up while I go to Ian, who wanted to comment on that being the saddest song ever. Hey, Ian, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning. All right, so we were just talking about Eric Clapton, Tears in Heaven. is number three on this list, and that's that's yours, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, especially <laughs> if you have kids, if you could just relate to writing that song, the lyrics just get you. Uh, it's you know, that, I don't know how he can even sing it. I just don't. Oh, I, know. I don't know how he can actually get through that song ever. You know, it's so emotional. You know what song? Okay, here's a song that's guaranteed. Thanks, bud. Masterpiece. Warren Zevon, "Keep Me in Your Heart." Yes. Oh, yeah. Warren Zevon mm-hmm. knows he is dying at right. the time he composes this song. Yeah. And and his little little suggestion that you these things he would like you to think about him throughout the day after he passes will uh, just is is just devastate you. By the way, here's the here's the information on uh, Clapton and his son. On March twentieth, uh, nineteen ninety one, Clapton's four year old son Connor died after falling out from the fifty third floor oh, window. Fifty third? I didn't realize it was that high. New York City apartment oh. building to uh, Connor's mother's friend. After isolating himself for a period, Clapton began working again, writing music for the film Rush. He dealt with the grief of his son's death by co-writing "Tears in Heaven." 
for the soundtrack with uh, Will Jennings. In an interview in 1992, Clapton said of the song, it was in the back of my head, but it didn't really have a reason for being there until I was scoring this movie. Then it sort of had a reason to be, and it was a little ambiguous because it could be taken to be about Connor, but it also is meant to be part of the film. So I think... It's it's sort of. It's sort of, we're, yeah. We're, we're both right. <laughs> <laughs> but we're more right. Either way, it's sad. Well, hang on. Actually, in an interview... Does Clapton talk about which one of us is more right? Mm-hmm. I uh, said I uh, almost subconsciously use music for myself as a healing agent, and lo and behold, it worked. I've got a great deal of happiness and a great deal of healing from music. Huh. Jennings said, Clapton said to me, I want to write a song about my boy. There you go. Eric had the first four verse of the song written, which uh, to me is all in the song, but he wanted me to write the rest of the verse. So, yeah, Kathy, it actually did have to do with that. That is awful. Wow, horrible. All right, uh, the other two on this list, the top two, it's a list of the saddest songs of all time. Number two, Sinead O'Connor, Nothing Compares yeah. to You. It's a Prince song. It is a Prince song. That is correct. But she, her vocal She's crying in delivery the video. of it is, is definitely part of what sells that big time. That's a great song. And yes, it is very sad. And then number one on this list, R.E.M., Everybody Hurts. Hmm. I wasn't expecting that. It's yeah. an amazing song. I, I know some people hate it. Because it, it it has I sort of a, a, a dirgy kind of, but I love it. Doesn't some who someone here hates REM? No, But what that song does great is it has it it builds. Yes, it builds and builds, and yeah. it comes to this great. Uh, I tell you what, the, the the most uplifting part of it is is the the hold on uh, at the very end when he when he hold they, yeah, on. but hold on. Well, everybody hurts. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Peter Gabriel, very inspiring. Don't give up. Oh, my God. Kate Bush, right. Kate right? Bush? Yeah. Bush, yeah. That's a great one, uh, too. And uh, uh, Nick Murphy was saying Cats in the Cradle. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's wild because uh. for me, lyrically, like, songs don't stick out lyrically unless it's a sad song. If it's a sad song, I can actually, I'm, I can actually I, hear I agree. the words. Yeah. No, I can be inspired. Like, the killers can take an anthemic, to me, they do a great job of taking an anthemic presentation and making it resonate emotionally. Yeah. I want you guys to listen to a song by the Abbott Brothers called No Hard Feelings. It yeah. is just an amazing song. Did Please, you say no? I know. I know. <laughs> well, I wasn't talking to him. I was talking to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the song essentially is about like uh, all the negative feelings that you have in your in your body and your soul. Like when someone doesn't want to listen to your song. When somebody doesn't want to listen to your song. <laughs> one of your good friends. One of your one of your like best friends right. ever. Just, just says no flat. Just out. says no flat out. That you can call me to every morning. Like yeah. that kind of music. But the song essentially is about like when when you're about to check out, right? right. When when you're taking your last breath, and so like. Really, is it worth it? All right. the all the negativity, the resentment, the hatred that and, you might have in your heart. Absolutely. Wait, no. <laughs> when you're dying, when you when you're about to die, taking stock of all of that n- negative energy <clears throat> that you might hold on to, like any any sort of resentment. What did it get you? The, what did it get? Yeah, you? no, I think that's a great message. So, but isn't that also looking back and going, man, why did I waste all that time being negative, and here I am dying, and I could have done it differently? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. the best but part is something to think about. That dude, too late for him, but maybe not too late for me. Not too late for me. Not okay. too late for me. I like and then, that uh, message. So, so you'll listen to the song? They, they go no. on. The, the last lyrics of the song is, <laughs> I have no enemies. And it's just... So, okay. We listen to it now? Uh, no, no, no. We oh, can't listen right. to it now. But, like, so... Uh, not to bring it back to my, my dad, but my, my dad was dying. He yeah. had... Um, it was a really weird moment, but he had... Uh, I mean, he was... He was uh, like, right. He woke up. And had a really lucid moment. Right. Like, insanely lucid for the situation that he was going through. Because he was out. 
Uh, and he basically was like, you know, don't talk bad about your enemies. Like, love everyone. Wow. Oh, that's you know. great. It was crazy. Because he was out. Like, and that was like essentially his like last words. Yeah. And then he ended up like dying a day later. So powerful. when I hear that, that when I hear that song, I'm like, that's exactly what he's saying. It's like it's it's not yeah. worth it. It's amazing. And, and, yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Stuff. Yep. All right. And and something to um Keep in mind. All right, so Cast in the Cradle is a good one and an obvious one, but for me, one that gets me a little bit more is Father and Son by Cat Stevens. Oh, oh my, God. my God. Especially the way it's used in Guardians 2. Well, that's <laughs> automatically applied to, like, the death of somebody, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's used brilliantly, but the case you spoke about lyrics, like, you listen to every word when you listen to that song, and so that's... There's, okay, there's, so there's a lyric in that song I just don't understand. You're too young, and that's your fault, or something like that. Uh, I don't, is it that's your fault, or that's not your fault? Uh, I always thought it was that's not your fault. Uh, uh, it's not your fault, son. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to quote uh, Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, from it says you're still young. That's your fault, huh. and I don't understand that lyric. And I love. You the could song. be saying that simply your youth is is the fault in this. That it's not. Uh, in other right, words, yeah. yeah, it's not like you did something wrong. It's like. That that your fault in life is right, that you're still right, young, right, right. right? You're an idiot. You oh, haven't learned yeah. stuff. Yet. You're okay. a stupid a hole, right? Yeah. Oh, really? are you stupid? That's you're a knuckle dragging wall licker. <laughs> <You're> a moron. <laughs> <laughs> that's the the emotional uh, core. But that really <laughs> would have <laughs> that wouldn't have been as touching. Yep. Uh, you knuckle dragging wall licker. <laughs> oh man. Right. Gets you in the feels. <laughs> yeah. Is it better? Let me ask you this: Is it better <clears throat> when the sad song? surprises you, comes on when you're not expecting it, or when you sit down to actively listen to it? Uh, when you actively sit down to listen to it. So uh, I think, uh, like, I will wave off if, oh, uh, I'm not, this is not, I don't need this now, you right. know? Uh, and and so a lot of times what I'll do is when I'm in bed, I will listen to music in the dark the way I used oh. to all the time. Okay. And and I'll, and I have my, my songs that I'll go through. I find myself jumping from song to song in case... As you said before, for the most part, they tend to be more um, ballady. There's a beautiful song that Bruce Hornsby does uh, called Dreamland about his son who was being um, bullied and how, you know, he could escape to the the dreamland. And uh, it's just a gorgeous song and it it gets me every time. And so that's that's the kind of stuff I find myself. I'm going to listen to this. I'll tell you what's a great emotional quasi sad song. Uh, it's one of my favorite songs of all time. Preston Rush's "Time Stand Still." Oh yeah, yeah. And it's, it's not it's not a it's not a slow <clears throat> song. Who no, but there's that? there's some uh, Amy Mann from Till Tuesday right, yeah, yeah, yeah. guest vocalist on there. But yeah, yeah. There's some there's some uh, moments of uh, in there referring to you know time passing and, and yeah. seize the day and, and don't let it get away from you and and it's you know as as watching as there's a line that says um, old um, uh, old friends growing old young children uh, wait. Uh, Children growing up, old friends growing older, right. and it's just a, an observation of that. It's a great song. It's very inspiring. Um, well, anyhow, these are these are very sad songs, but yet a sad song can be a wonderful thing. Hey, this starts the party, people. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes. Come on, this is one you need to be uplifted. And you want to get the party going? I was trying to lighten the mood. That's Thanks, all. You know, yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Yo, who put this on? <laughs> We've got tonight. Right? right. Yes. This is all about another seize the moment. <laughs> I imagine here. a whole bunch of frat guys with cigars and cards oh looking up like, <laughs> what'd you put this on for? What were you expecting to happen when uh, you put this song on? Kumbaya at the, type at the of party? moment. You could have put on Hollywood Nights. Arm in arm. Steve, I could have put on any number of any other songs. <laughs> yeah. 
You know how Nick gets when when he drinks. He's like loving. So he wanted everybody to hug. How about this one? Yeah, we're going to dive into the Seeger catalog. What's the best party Seeger song? We've got tonight. Yes. <laughs> turn the page. Oh, my God, turn the page. Oh, you should have seen how angry Bud Shank got when I... <laughs> party! What did you do? Uh, I believe it was cleansed by like an hour of Metallica after that. Wow. All right, we need to take a break. But thank, and I apologize to those of you who've been on hold for like 25 minutes or so. We just couldn't shut up about this. Thank you so much for your calls. We do need to break and come back. Uh, we'll get to the bizarre file when we return. And uh, don't forget Ted Tuesday. Text word tattoo to 39333 and you might win a free Preston Steve themed tattoo from Floating World Tattoo and Piercing. We'll be right back. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's I hate stevensinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Final. Brought to you this morning by Horizon Services. Call Horizon Services now to book a heater, tune up, and inspection for just $79, and then lock in the AC tune up for only $59. Visit horizonservices.com slash book to book in 30 seconds. This story took place in Florida. Horrible. An employee with Polk County's North Central Landfill died on Friday evening after he was crushed by a bulldozer while inside a porta potty. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Deputies were called to the landfill Friday shortly as after 5. After, uh, the workers were getting ready to shut down the facility. The victim, 43-year-old man named Aaron Henderson, uh, was uh, uh, an employee there. And Henderson was assigned as a spotter, meaning that his task was to provide traffic control to incoming and outgoing dump trucks that were dumping trash within the landfill. At the time, the bulldozer driver was operating his rig up an embankment to park it at the end of the day. Deputies said that the front blade of the bulldozer was elevated three or four feet off the ground, blocking the front view of the rig. Once the driver was on level ground, he began to turn the bulldozer and heard a loud crumble. And as he moved forward, he noticed that he went over a porta potty, which he was unaware was near the staging area. He immediately exited the bulldozer, ran towards the porta potty to see if anyone was inside of it. And at that time, he observed Henderson unresponsive inside the porta potty. Wow, way to go. OSHA was immediately contacted, and an autopsy will be scheduled at a later date. Authorities said that the incident appeared to be a tragic industrial accident. That's horrible. Ugh. Uh, near, let's see, this is in uh, Denver, near 23rd Avenue, around 11 a.m. Thursday morning. Police said someone broke into a box truck and took a dolly and a box of human remains. <laughs> it was a blue and white cardboard box, 20 by 15 by 18 inches, with science care written on the sides. And inside the box, human heads. Right. So Sci- they believe that was a an on-purpose theft? They don't know. 
Science Care is a program for donating bodies to science to help improve scientific research and education. Uh, they were on their way for medical research use. Uh, police said what they can release is limited because the case is still active. Neighbors are wondering whether the suspect intended to steal the remains or something yeah. else. Where's my box of heads? And so far, no arrests have been made. Police are asking anybody who may know where the remains are, uh, if anyone has any information that they can help identify. Well, they're asking for a heads up. Suspects responsible to contact the Denver police. Jesus, that's gruesome. box full of heads. Wow. An intoxicated man drove onto a Florida golf course, did donuts on the green, crashed into a tree, and then got into a fight with a golf course employee. Ta-da. I love golf. Uh, the ba- the bizarre scene unfolded Thursday afternoon at Palm Air Country Club uh, in Pompano Beach, and deputies and fire rescue crews responded to the course after the intoxicated man drove onto the green as several golfers on golf carts attempted to stop the vehicle. Driver finally stopped after hitting a tree, getting out, and attacking a golf course employee. Uh, the course worker suffered minor injuries and was transported to an area hospital. Deputies arrived and took the driver into custody. If you have a, a like a good course, a course that's maintained well, and someone rips up the ground oh. like that, it's going to be a long time before you can yes before they repair get it back that to playable level. Yep. Animal control officers responded to a Northwest Austin movie theater on Friday night after a guest reportedly brought a live bat into a screening of the Batman. Oh, come on. A spokesperson for Sinopolis Movie House and Eatery said the bat was released as part of a prank for from one of the moviegoers. The theater had to stop the movie and address the issue. Uh, local animal control was contacted and had been overseeing the situation to ensure the guest staff and the animal safety were all covered. That'd be like bringing a dog into the power of the dog. A video on social media showed a staff member announcing the theater was turning off its projector and lights to try and get the bat to fly to another lighted area. Yeah, they're very very, uh, quick. A spokesperson said to ensure that a prank like this does not occur again, we've added additional security and are checking all bags upon guest entry. Uh, All guests were offered a full refund after the incident, but the majority opted to stay and finish the film. I brought my bat to the screening, but I kept it in his cage. That's what you need to do. It's an easy thing to do. It's it's, It's safer. Uh, the state of the world is a lot of people upset, but it is not an excuse for speeding. Uh, a, the Flagler County Sheriff's Office in Florida has body cam footage when an officer pulled over a man for going 50 miles an hour in a 30 mile an hour zone. And the driver told officers to tell you the truth. I just found out that Putin is saying he's going to launch nuclear thermal war against the world. And I was trying to get back to my house and find out what's going on. He wants to bring his patio furniture in. Uh, He said this after uh, giving a different excuse. And the deputy can be heard saying, I saw you run a stop sign, make a left turn, and then hop on the gas. Well, that was for the economy. No No word if the driver got a ticket or not. And then one last story. In early February, people in a neighborhood in East Las Vegas noticed some mysterious substance was dropping from the sky and covering nearly everything around them for about three weeks. Thursday, uh, the Department of Environmental Sustainability revealed that the black, brown, and sometimes oil-like substance was actually bee poop. Bee poop? Commonly called bee frass. And lab results confirmed it. And public information officer Kevin McDonald said it was more or less a nuisance 
But we've seen in other areas around the world that industrial pollution can lead to environmental and health impacts. And a beekeeper says that uh, the weeks before spring are a prime time for things like this to happen. Bee poop. As bees emerge and swarm in new places. So Never I'm, heard of that. No. And we're looking, I guess, at what is bee poop. Yeah, wow. it's like tar, something like that. I don't like that. All right, and there you go. That's what I have in the bizarre file for you. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back. Don't forget, uh, Tattoo Day, chance for you to win a Preston Steve theme tattoo. So text word tattoo 39333. And we also have a new Daily Rush video for you to check out. Uh, it is called The Wooden Condom. <laughs> Preston found a genuine Civil War area condom at Valley Forge Park. It's true. You can watch the video now. Follow us on Instagram. We'll give you a first look at the Daily Rush videos. And it's sponsored by Xfinity's Gig Speed Internet. And you can learn more at Xfinity.com. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Hang in there, friend. Hi, it's Joan Jack. This is Lil Star. Rock and roll is visceral and powerful, and so are the voices behind it. Women have always been and will always be a driving force in rock history. And our voices are just getting louder. From the Black Card, from me and WMMR, thank you for, for writing, writing the next, next chapter with us. us. I'll play that clip again. Let's see if we can identify what film this is from. I would make a great queen because I am so stubborn. Ah, if that's what I wanted. All 215-263-WMMR right, <laughs> is the number. I'm going to go to Vanessa. See if she knows the answer. Hey, Vanessa, good morning. Good morning, it. Good morning, it. Vanessa, what movie is that from? Was that Coming to America too? Mm, no, it was not. No. Thank you, though. You know, I still haven't seen that. I oh my still God. did not go to watch Coming to America. Listen, it's not like um, it's it, it's going to redefine what you thought about Coming to America, but it's... It's, it's worth seeing, It's right? worth seeing. Okay, I got to make sure I do that. Okay, well, let's get another caller and see if they can identify what what movie that's from. Hi, Linda. How you doing? Hello. Uh, Linda, what movie is that from? Uh, Coming to America? Uh, no, it's not Coming to America <laughs> either. Not. It's not the original. It's uh, something else, and we'll see if we can get an answer. I'll go to John. Hey, John. <laughs> John. <laughs> what movie yeah. is that clip from? That is The Great Black Panther. That yeah. it is. Yeah. Hang on a second. John, we are going to give you a case of Troganator Double Bock. The Troganator Double Bock is a beer for people who love beer layered with notes of smooth caramel, stone fruit, and fresh toasted grains. You can enjoy the Troganator at Food and Friends, 1933 Spruce Street, and that is in Philadelphia. That'd be interesting if you stop and thought, is how close is Wakanda to the kingdom. Oh, to Zamunda? To Zamunda. Oh. Wakanda and Zamunda. And is there any sort of crossover? Any trade deal? Wow. All right. Think, Do I they work Wakanda, in the same universe? I think Wakanda ends up on a map at some point in the uh, in the Marvel Universe. Like, they're looking at a globe or whatever, yeah. and you sort of see, like, it in Central Africa. I don't know if you ever see Zamunda zoomed in on, an, on a no. map. Where, where it is, though, we know it, there's lush forest. Right. appears mm-hmm. to be the case. Wakanda's so, got a good shield around it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that you need those right. if you want to hide your city. Right. Uh, almost every time I see him, there's a guy that works here, works for the Fanatic, our sister station, Eric, when I see him in the hallway and in the morning at, you know, like 4.45, yeah. and I'll go, it's another beautiful day in Zamunda. <laughs> <laughs> I love that greeting. <laughs> uh, listen, speaking of International Women's Day, uh, Steve sent me this article. It's from Marie Claire, and it is some of the most influential women in history. There you go. Wait. By the way, so so um, I don't, is this a particular, is this a landmark year? I don't remember 
this as much last year or years before, International Women's yeah. Day. I don't know when it was established. I'm yeah. not sure, no. Yeah, and you know what, though? Like, I've, my, I've been bombarded with emails for... So there must be something attached to it that is giving it this, right, this push? Uh, yeah, Maybe I'm the, not sure. Maybe an anniversary year or something? I don't know. Or just a little bit more spotlight and awareness. We're of, spotlighty. Uh, the ladies in our uh, in, in our lives and uh, and how they influence us and each other. Just wondering if it's an anniversary of sorts or some some landmark thing that happened. Not that I know of. I uh, maybe perhaps coming to America was uh, released. That's possibly and they that's tied it inspired in. it all. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. No. Um, so you want to go through a list yeah. of some of the most inspiring women? And some of these are like no-brainers. You go, yeah, obviously, clearly. Like this first one on the list, Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks. Um, yep. In her own humble words, said, all I was doing was trying to get home from work. I love that. Yeah. I love that that yeah. is the line she used. All I was trying doing was trying to get home from work. In actuality, and I'm reading from the article, uh, she did infinitely more. She became an overnight figurehead for the civil rights movement in the U.S. on December 1st, 1955. Rosa Parks, a 42-year-old African-American seamstress, refused to give up her seat to a white passenger on the Montgomery City bus. This isolated act and a single reply of "No, I'm not" ignited a uh, a boycott, which continued for 381 days. I didn't know it was that long. Over a year. Wow. So from a simple act. Wow. Came all that. Yeah. Amazing. And it, and word spread. Everybody's like, "Don't ride the bus." Yep. Do not ride the bus. And it it crippled them. It's uh, they they you know the money started uh, being a real issue. I honor that call to today, Preston. I don't ride the bus. Don't ride the yeah. bus. Uh, Rose's fearless rejection of racial segregation made her the first lady of civil rights. Uh, the day itself, uh, the day she was arrested, will forever be known as Rosa Parks Day. Um, so, obviously, that's a that's a clear cut one. Uh, then, now, so, I, I'll be honest: some of these names I do not know. I once reading their stories, I'm like, oh yeah, okay. okay. Uh, so, like well, Mary uh, Mary Wollstonecraft. Uh, was not familiar with the name in 1792. Uh, her call, her her call for equality and her advocation of women's rights struck uh, 18th century society like a bolt of thunder. In the late 1700s, uh, Wollstonecraft's suggestion that men and women should be considered equal as rational beings was about as revolutionary as Joan of Arc galloping on horseback with her sword drawn. The publication of A Vindication of the Rights of Women in 19 in 1792. Is considered one of the earliest examples examples of feminist philosophy, and it didn't take long for a backlash to occur. And it wasn't reprinted until the mid nineteenth century. A true revolutionary, our spirit still endures. So she wrote that. I bet she a vindication is of the rights of women. Confused with Mary Wollstonecraft Shelley. Yes, right? she is. And uh, at the, top the of author her, of Frankenstein. At the top okay. of her uh, article, it says, uh, Steve, not to be confused with Mary Wollstonecraft Shelley. There we go. I looked up. So, Steve, there was one of these um, uh, clickbait uh, pictures. And it shows a picture of something. And you'll go, you won't you won't believe what the reaction was to this. Yeah. And you're like, oh, whatever, man. And I, I, at first, I'd click on a couple of them trying to get to that photo, which I never got to. Of course. It's like, you know, number 97 of 110. <laughs> Crock of crap. And so I gave up on doing those. But one of those really struck me, and I did a little research and, and found out, and, I, and I, I didn't go to the trouble to, to go and dig it up right now, but it was a, a woman, a female runner, and she's wearing the, the, the number and everything running, and there are men pulling on her, hmm, right. trying to drag her out of the race. And it turns out she was the first female to run the Boston Marathon. Wow. This was in like the 1970s or something like that. Wow. And these men desperately did not want her to run 
in the Boston Marathon. Really? Yes. That, I went and I, I found, uh, yep, this is it. I went and I found, the, uh, did the research on it. This woman wanted to run it. They didn't think that women should be running races with men. Oh it's hard to believe yeah. that it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. That, that, that attitude That's was a mind that strong. I think it was in the 70s. 60, Might have been 67. 67. Okay. Enough, I saw yeah. it by a few years. But yeah, they were trying to drag her out of the race. Get out of the race. She just wanted she just hey, you don't belong here. Yeah. <laughs> Boston. Boston cream pie. Yeah. <laughs> Baked beans. Um but but I mean it it still it boggles the mind that it was because that is the 1970s were fairly recent in my mind. I was a kid, yeah. but but still it doesn't seem like ancient, you know, centuries ago. And if that was happening, I was just like, you got to be kidding me, man. All right, so The historical term would be kooky nutty. Yeah, because it's so kooky nutty. Wacky banana. Yeah. <laughs> Wackadoodle. Uh, Catherine Switzer is her name. Huh. She invented Switzerland. Uh, it says here, first woman to run the Boston Marathon as as an officially registered competitor during her run, race manager John Se- Jock Semple. Jock Semple. <laughs> Assaulted her, trying to grab her bib number and stop her from competing. Well, if they let her, why would they let her register? If they exactly. Didn't want... Well, he was he was just dead set against it. After knocking down Switzer's trainer and fellow runner Arnie Briggs, when he tried to protect her, uh, Simple was shoved to the ground by Switzer's boyfriend Thomas Miller, who was running with her, and I think he was like a big football player or something like that. Uh-huh. It had hurt. Uh, the AAU banned women from competing in races against men as a result of her run. And it wasn't until 1972 that the Boston Marathon established an official women's race. Huh. What? Just pathetic yeah. in hindsight. <laughs> well, just we learn, pathetic. we grow. Yeah. Right? We do. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. All right, so here's another uh, influential woman, Nora Ephron. Yes. And Nora Ephron. Great writer. Journalist, essayist, playwright, screenwriter, novelist, producer, director. Very funny. Battled gender inequality in an industry that still me- misrepresents women. Uh, hitting her stride as a journalist at the Post, she soon made a name for herself in Hollywood. Uh, p- responsible for pop, possibly writing uh, one of the greatest romantic comedies of all time, she wrote When Harry Met Sally, which is so good. That is a great movie. Yep, her 1983 autobiographical novel Heartburn uh, depicts the uh, depicts. God, I can't speak today. No, folks. no, no. Depicts the breakdown of her marriage with uh, refreshing honesty and killer one liners The scene that always kills me that I always crack up about is with the big wagon wheel coffee table. Oh my God! Yeah, oh, it, the, <laughs> it's stupid. It is, it is wagon so- wheel coffee table. It Nobody is, likes it. It's a breakdown of what always happens in relationships at some point. Like, mm-hmm. I always think of how my Star Trek Christmas ornaments ended up on the back of the tree <laughs> and, and eventually uh, off the tree. Mm-hmm. Those things. that yeah, Wouldn't that be better not here? And I, and I love that scene because uh, Harry and Sally get into a conversation. Yeah. They leave. And then, um, what's her Bruno name? Kirby Bruno and Kirby and Carrie uh, Fisher. Carrie Fisher goes, yeah. listen, no matter what, whatever happens, <laughs> I will never want that wagon wheel coffee table. <laughs> it's so great. Uh, so another influential female on this list, uh, em- uh, Emmeline Pankhurst. Uh, in 1999, Time Magazine named her one of the 100 most important people of the 20th century. In 1903, uh, she co-founded the Women's Social and Political Union with a clear agenda focused on direct action to win women the vote. So that Big was, step. Yep. Uh, she said, deeds, not words, was to be our permanent motto. Uh, these words soon rang true. Uh, it was at uh, Holloway Prison that em- Emmeline, I remember seeing this. I think it was, oh, I forgot who portrayed her in the movie. Um, uh, Emmeline Pankhurst would stage her first hunger strike 
withstanding violence and abuse to enable all women uh, the right to vote. The actress, um, uh, a million dollar baby. Um, oh, yeah. I Come think, on now. Yep. You know who I'm talking about. Yep. Hillary Swank. Boys don't cry. Hillary Swank. Nice. Yeah. I think she portrayed her. I remember seeing a movie with that scene. Uh, speaking of uh, feminists, let me let me go to the uh, phone lines. Uh, hi, you're on the air. Good morning. I love that family. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. Hi. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Hi, hi, Gary. Hi, hi, Dylan Preston. This goes out to Kathy Sweet Tea Romano. <laughs> this goes out to you, my love. You are the greatest. And you know what? You don't get the recognition, but you uh, rock, kid. Uh, you're the greatest mom in the world, and you're the you. best. Just want everybody out there in Studio Land to know that Kathy Sweetie Romano rocks International Women's Day. Uh, I uh, wish you were my mom. You uh, wow. I wish you well, were that would, my uh, mom. Then breastfeeding would yeah. be on the table. And Gary, I'm glad you called back because Gary called earlier and he asked Connor to tell uh, come in here and ask me to tell Kathy Happy International Women's Which Day. Which he did, and uh, she's a witness for that. And then yeah. Kathy, by the way, uh, Casey, Gary. can you tell him thank you? Yeah, me? so Gary, uh, Kathy wanted me to tell you thank you. Aww. Oh, she's the best. That's my girl. I, I'm a number one Fan, sweet tea rock. Yeah. Thanks, Gary. Enjoy your day, my love. How about how about Marissa? I mean, this isn't yeah, just, I love, I love this isn't about too. mothers. This is it's about women. I, I love Mocha, Marissa Mocha McNaughton. You didn't let him finish. Yeah. The hardest working person there ever. Yes. Wow, uh-huh. very good. Steve, yes. Nick, uh-huh. Casey, have a wonderful day. I just right. want to tell my girl, Kathy Sweetie Romano, have nice a wonderful you. day, and thank you for what you do. All thank right. you, Gary. Love you. That's I love nice. you more, kids. You want right. to sing my girl to her by any chance? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, not, I'm not talking no more. No. <laughs> no, no. I got sunshine. Come on. He's done. He's done. He hung up. That wow. was it. Yeah. Gary out. That's get... the wrong song. That's what, was that supposed <laughs> to be My Girl? It's called I My Girl. My Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. All right. Move on. All right, so uh, another of the most influential women. I'm still in trying history. to process that call. I, know. I like. I did like Studio Land. Yeah. I did Studio Land. Yeah, everybody out there in Studio Land on the, the, the phone line. I no, no, we're in the out. studio, and everyone out there is in the world. Right. All right, uh, Josephine Baker. Great story. Is on this list, yes. There have been a couple of movie biographies of her done, and uh, what incredible story. Yeah, absolutely. New York's highest paid chorus girl in vaudeville would truly make her name in uh, Deco Paris at Le Revue Negre in the mid-1920s. Ultimate womanizer Ernest Hemingway called her the most sensational woman anyone ever saw. Wow. Uh, yet despite her popularity and fame... Uh, Rosa Parks' fight was hers, too. When she arrived back in America in the 1950s, she was refused reservations at 36 hotels. And she was a huge star, Yeah, man. packing them in. Yep. Uh, she took her battle to the cabaret clubs, refusing to perform to racially segregated audiences, despite a $10,000 offer by a Miami club. Not even threatening calls from the Ku Klux Klan scared her. In, the, in 1963, she stood beside Martin Luther King at the March on Washington, and she was the only official female speaker there. And didn't she help out in World War II as well? Didn't she I have some she kind did. of presence yeah. in that? Like yeah. she was um, using her sexuality to try to, uh, you know, influence people and stuff like that. But yeah, she was, I'm, she was I'm, something else. I'm, I'm probably woefully um, unaware of all she did, but I do know that it's a, it's a pretty amazing story. She yep. was she was the head of French counterintelligence in there Paris during World War II, and uh, so in, a lot of what she did was to basically trick the Germans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Uh, here's a great woman, uh, Malala Yousafzai. How do yes. you say her last name? Yousaf- 
Hazai. Uh, well, one again, one gesture. Yusuf Hazai. Yes, exactly. She one said, simple gesture. She said, "I I don't want to be remembered as the girl who was shot. I want to be remembered as the girl who stood up." Uh, it was October 9, twenty twelve. A gunman boarded uh, Malala's school bus in Pakistan, asked her name, and shot her three times in the head. I forgot she was shot three times. Uh, her crime was for speaking out about education for girls. Wow. Um, the shooting of Malala was a watershed moment, propelling a teenage girl into an overnight stateswoman for equal rights. In 2013, Time magazine listed her as one of the 100 most influential people in the world. And on October 10th, uh, 2014, she received the Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, and she's uh, she was uh, still only 17 years old. What a life. Yeah, an incredible life. Uh, Amelia Earhart uh, is obviously on this list as well. Stop first... and think about all the accomplishments. I mean, obviously it didn't end the way she would have wanted it to, no. but still amazing. Uh, and there's some interesting stats in here that I didn't know. So the first female aviator to fly solo across the Atlantic Ocean in 1928 uh, she was incredibly, I did not know this, only the sixth woman to be issued a pilot's license at that time. She was and just a tiny handful of yeah. people. Uh, Think and, about the, also the, the tech at that time to fly, <laughs> the where and how she was flying. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you, had to, you had to navigate. You, you might as you well to, flap your own arms. Right. Did Hillary Swank play her in a movie, too? I think so. That's a good question. I think that's part of the law right now is Hillary Swank has <laughs> yeah. to play every woman in history. Every, every influential, influential woman. woman in history. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, Steve, yeah, you're right about that. I mean, you you had to, your navigational skills were not, you weren't yeah. just following the GPS. Over there. Yeah. Uh, in 1931 at the time, uh, at the same time as setting a world altitude record of 18,415 feet, Earhart also joined the 99s, an organization of female pilots who banded together to encourage women in aviation. Uh, she once described uh, fears as paper tigers, adding, please know that I am aware of the hazards. I want to do it because I want to do it. Uh, what a great, I love that. Uh, during an attempt to circumnavigate the globe in 1937, she disappeared over the Central Pacific Ocean. She was never found her final uh, failure became, like she once said, a challenge to us all. That alone, that the disappearance of mm-hmm. Amelia Earhart has fueled a whole industry of searches. Yep. And, and sometimes they believe that it's possible she survived the crash. And they will they find what they believe is to be rubble or, or uh, parts of the plane. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's off and running again. But every couple of years... They You're come right. up with something and keep it going. You're right. They think they've found something. They think uh, that she actually had Sasquatch with her. No, no. Way. oh my god! Yeah. Oh, and wow. he didn't survive, dude. Or, or is it is she? Don't you love these when they tie those those in together? <laughs> yeah, it's you know, great. yeah, it's the best. Uh, so, by the way, Amelia was a film that came out in 2009, and it starred Hillary Swank. There you go. Uh, we got to go through her uh, filmography and see what other <laughs> influential yeah. uh, women she's portrayed. All right, so then there is uh, Valentina Tereshkova in 1963. Valentina, former textile worker from the Soviet Union, became the first woman in space orbiting the Earth 48 times. It's pretty amazing. She was in 63, 63. She was early on in the program, absolutely. Why don't you send the woman up? In fact, uh, she so she ordered the Earth uh, 48 times, and that put the previous four American uh, astronauts, all male to shame, with their combined total of 36. 
Not only that, she logged more flight time than the total combined times of every American astronaut who had flown before her. She was only 26 years old. That put uh, that put the United States on notice. Yeah. We yep. better get our act together. Get some ladies up there. You know what I'm saying? Uh, another one of the most influential women, according to Marie Claire, on this International Women's Day was Frida Kahlo. Yes. Uh, the many outward traumas that plagued her life included a horrific bus accident leaving her crippled and unable to conceive and gave her the tools in which to paint her inner truth. Her husband, Diego Rivera, once talked about Frida's art as uh, paintings that exalted the feminine qualities of endurance and truth, reality, cruelty, and suffering. Isn't it wild, though, that when you think of her, what's the thing you think of immediately? Of course, her, her eyebrows. eyebrows. The eyebrows. <laughs> Uh, he would go on to conclude, never before has a woman put such agonized poetry on canvas. That's a great movie, dude. Yes, it's actually, I was surprised how good it was. Yeah. Very Starring well Hillary Swank. No. No, no. no. Oh. no. Uh, Salma Hayek. That's Salma right. Hayek. Uh, and she's great in that movie, man. And that woman did go through a lot of pain, man. Hillary she, Swank in that movie played Ernest Hemingway. I did not know that. I was no idea. Um, Florence Nightingale. A name you hear, yeah, but never really, and it makes you laugh. Know a lot about the the story. Uh, the often regarded as the lady with the lamp, Florence Nightingale defied her parents to become a nurse. When the Crimean War broke out in 1853, Florence took 38 nurses uh, nurses to Turkey's military hospital. The first time women had been allowed to do so. Her campaign to improve the quality of nursing in military hospitals led to Florence publishing a book called Notes of Nursing. In 1859, which is still in print today. I mean, think about, it's just a name that's synonymous with caregiving. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, that's a good thing to have. She had a sister. This was, I think it was a Jeopardy clue not that long ago. She had, her, she was named after the city in which she was born, Florence, Italy, and she had her sister, Hillary she, Swank. Uh, Hillary Swank <laughs> later <laughs> in the movie. No. no, she had a sister. I'm trying to find it, but who was named after a different Italian city, and that was the city that the sister was born in. Really? really? Yeah, yeah. Was was the sister as well a, in in the field of medicine? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm trying to find it, Steve, because I don't want to get the info wrong, but I'll, I'll track it down. Was it Helen Pizza? It was not. No, okay. Damn it. Uh, uh, so. Uh, Gina Spaghetti? Yet another female first was yet to come. Florence became the first female member of the Royal Statistical Society in 1858. What are the odds of that? Now, they also put on this list, I found this interesting, Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah, I, it, it was kind of interesting that her yeah. name popped up, but okay. And in the article, they say, look up Survivor in the dictionary, and you may as well see, uh, you may well see Elizabeth Taylor glancing proudly up at you under the weight of some dazzling diamonds, no doubt. Not only did she go through it all, but she did so with a Balencia handbag crammed full of pithy one-liners to shut up her tabloid critics in the process. She was also <laughs> friends with Michael Jackson, so that probably got her on the list. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Go, Liz, go. I don't know. I yeah, Elizabeth Taylor. I just knew of her. So in Hollywood, she she. So you got to remember when the movie Cleopatra was made. Uh-huh. That was. I don't know how you take the biggest movie made these days and multiply it by a thousand. Right. It was who was going to play uh, Cleopatra? Her and 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 the the amount of money you know spent to make it a reality. Uh, and uh, so yeah, she she controlled. A lot of her own destiny in Hollywood at that time, which was not uh, something that happened often. Yep. You had to carry a lot of weight. Yep. And her and her, her Richard Burton relationship was tumultuous and legendary as well. Did they get married and divorced a couple well, times? About 4,400 times, okay. yeah. No. I knew she had. Uh, she married several different people. I knew she married a couple twice. So, uh, Coco Chanel is also considered Coco. One, of the, one of the most influential women of all Coco. time. Coco! 
I hate those commercials. Uh, is, that, is that what they say? Yeah. Go, go. Uh, Coco Chanel didn't just challenge the gender norms of the time through her own personal life and career. Her clothes set the female body free and redesigned its silhouette. Would you agree with that, Kathy? Yeah, I mean, she changed the... She took away the... Um, uh, what's it called? Um... Do you used to wear that? No, the tight um... spanks. Oh my God! Keep going. It's uh, probably said. Yes. Co- ah, oh, okay. away the corset. Okay. Uh, men's clothes became women's too. It says here: uh, Brayton tops, crew neck sweaters, trousers, flat heels, and Crocs suits. and Crocs. Mm-hmm. Uh, go go! Her, her own. Your shoes are made of rubber. Her own figure, a boyish frame, cropped hair, and tan skin, fast became a fashionable rejection of the traditional feminine ideal. Not only that, her dresses flipped two fingers up to restrictive corsets. There you go. There you go. Uh, Vogue quickly dubbed her little black dress the Garcon, I guess. Garcon? Uh, Garcon, the boy look. Yeah, Garcon means boy. G-A-R-C-O-N-N-E. That means boy? Yeah. Boy shirt is waiter. Garcon means boy and waiter. means two things. Boy, what allows you waiter? I've known it as waiter. Where does it come in? In Pulp Fiction. Garcon, coffee! And then the the chick comes over and she goes, Garcon means boy. Oh. (laughs) It means both. What scene is that in? Uh, In the diner scene, uh, right before he goes, uh, hey, honey bunny, you know. Okay, I gotcha, gotcha. Uh, Mary Curie is on here as well. Ah. Or Marie Curie, however you'd like to pronounce that. Won two Nobel Peace Prizes, 1903 and again in 1911. But that doesn't mean that her male counterparts... Gave her an easy time. To the contrary, she battled sexism throughout her entire career. She said, I've frequently been questioned, especially by women, of how I could reconcile family life with a scientific career. Uh, She said, well, it has not been easy. Her critics never wore her down. However, uh, not only did Marie Curie's research contribute to the development of X-rays and surgery, her tenacious spirit set her apart from her male peers. During World uh, War, she even helped equip ambulances with X-ray equipment, uh, driving them herself to the front line. Wasn't it the Wasn't it the radiation exposure that Yeah that eventually, eventually took her life? Yeah, she and died if, from that. If you go see some of her stuff in a museum to this day, it's still radioactive. You, it's it's under protective care uh, and, and cases because it's still radio. The stuff that she was working with a hundred years ago is still radioactive. That's amazing. Today. Yeah. Imagine, you you could scarcely have. Any idea? I mean, any idea that your exposure to your life's passion, right, uh, was slowly killing you, killing you. Yeah, exactly. All right, and then one more I'll mention. Then we'll wrap this. Uh, Edith Cable. Yeah, this is this to me is an amazing story. I'm familiar with this story, but yeah, go ahead. Uh, her quote is: "I I realize that that patriotism is not enough. I must have no." hatred or bitterness towards anyone uh, found guilty of treason sentenced to death and shot by a firing squad at the age of 49 Edith Cable's courage was heavily punished in her lifetime the nurse used the Red Cross hospital she was working at to save the lives of soldiers from both sides of the first world war and I think that's without any discrimination that's the norm now you, it you is. have to lend aid to yes you, you, uh, yeah yeah you can have prisoners of war yeah. but you don't You've, yeah. You have to lend medical assistance to yep. them. Yep. And uh, so uh, she also smuggled over 200 Allied soldiers from Belgium, famously saying, I can't stop while there are lives to be saved. So, yeah, I wasn't familiar with her, Edith Cable. So we thought it just might be interesting to peruse some influential women in history. For if inter- you're not careful, you might learn something. International Women's Day. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I'm sure he's a big hit on National Women's Day. Right, right. Wow. All right, so anyhow, 
Thank you for listening. We need to take a break and come back, but a reminder, we have a President Steve tattoo that could have your name on, or it could be our name on it on you. That's yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> so text the word tattoo to 39333 and you just might win before the show is up. We'll be back in a moment. You want the best in rock? It's right here in Philadelphia. Like Froggy, who just premiered a brand new song on Preston and Steve. Or Judah Kim, your local shots artist of the month. Or get to know Low Cut Connie and Huxley, both from Philly and both taking the stage at the MMRBQ on May 21st. Hear everything that rocks Philadelphia on WMMR.com. Um, mind if I fire up a couple shards real Go quick? Right a little shard outs here. Uh, this one says, Yee-hee, Preston. <laughs> Yee-hee. Uh, this is your intern, Aaron. Sorry to bother you at work. However, I wanted to get a belated birthday shard out to my godfather, who oh. turned 60 on Monday. His name is Andy Grayjack, and he listens to the show every day while working at an auto shop. If you're able to give him a shard out. I love a shard out. That would be great. Oh, Godfather. I was wondering why you were playing that. <laughs> bonasera, bonasera. Uh So that's for Aaron uh, McCarty here is sending this one out to Andy Grayjack. There you go. Thank you very mm, much, intern Aaron. Stain in my pants. Uh, then this one says, uh, Dear Preston Gadzooks, I am so proud of my daughter Grace, and I would like to get a, a shout out from the mountaintop, uh, but she doesn't like to hike. We listen to your show every morning. While driving her to school, and we often have conversations uh, with you guys, especially <laughs> Steve, since we are Marvel fanatics. Oh. And I have always known that Grace is a strong, beautiful, and intelligent person. Uh, Grace has worked so hard all throughout school. She volunteers at the elementary school and at Phil Abundance with me. Wow. Uh, she will always be my baby, but will be graduating high school this year. Uh, Grace decided to go to New Haven University for forensic science and was awarded the Presidential Scholarship and Marching Band Scholarship. That's pretty amazing. And it will be tough when Grace goes to school, but I know that she'll be amazing. If you could send her a huge shout-out from her proud mama that loves her 3,000. Uh, she graduates on June 22nd, so if you could do it before then, please. All right, and that's from Lisa McDermott. You got it. And there's the shout-out. And congratulations before June 22nd. Nailed it. Yep, nailed it. And a quick thank you to uh, Homegrown South Philly. Uh, they sent over a bunch of French toast this morning. <laughs> they what? did? Yes, uh, because we were talking about French toast yesterday. Right. And, they're on and port- tater tots. They're on port- did they send tater tots? They sent tater tots. I haven't had any yet. Uh, and they write, this is from Jimmy and Christian, says, not sure how sharp... Preston's memory is, but I sent his kids cotton candy at the sumo wrestling. <laughs> sumo. A long time ago. You guys rock. That was at the Wells Fargo Center. Six years ago? Oh, no. Seven? No, like a dozen years like ago. Like a dozen? Wow. My, my kids were little. My, oh, like we didn't have wow. Caroline. Uh, I think it was pre-Caroline, so the boys were very, very young, and we went to a... Uh, <laughs> A sumo wrestling <laughs> event that they had at the Wells Fargo Center. That's probably funny. wasn't even the Wells Fargo Center. It might have been the Core State Center then. Quite possibly. Or first unit. It was probably first yeah. unit. Uh, so thank you guys. We appreciate that. And they're at Homegrown215 on Instagram. We appreciate that very, very much. All right. Um, you know what we didn't do last week? What? Is the junk drawer. Oh. Oh. We didn't do yeah. that. So uh, I do have some things to clean out. We got backed up, so I figured we might as well go ahead and do this. Uh, I can't wait to hear this. Steve sent over an article that's... Oh, let me dig through the drawer and find it. Yeah, sell it, man. Yeah, it's somewhere in here. Oh, there it is. Oh, I got it. Okay. Um, No, it's about getting advice and getting advice from the right people, okay? There's a new hotline that you can call, and you will get words 
of advice from a resilient group of kindergartners. Oh. oh. It's, yes. en- it's encouragement. Right. Oh, that's great. Yes. I love this. You're being encouraged by kids. Yes. And it, it'll pep you up. I, I was can't about wait to, to attack. This. I was going to go on the attack to yeah. say, really, because somebody on, on the other line, other end of this phone line is going to have the right advice. But then you said kindergarten. So it's a project from the students of Westside Elementary, a small school <laughs> in the town of Heldsburg, California. It was put together with the help of teachers Jessica Martin and Ashira Wise. Uh, Martin, who teaches the arts program at the school, says that she was inspired by her students' positive attitudes despite all they've been through, the pandemic, wildfires in the region, and just the everyday challenges of being a kid. She thought, she said, I thought, you know, with this world being as it is, we all really needed to hear from them, their extraordinary advice, and their uh, continual joy. Okay. So I want to hear some of these. We have the first clip oh to pay, play person is the uh, the actual teacher laying out the, the menu of items okay. available. All right, here we go. Please listen to the following options for encouraging messages. If you're feeling mad, frustrated, or nervous, press 1. If you need words of encouragement and life advice, press 2. If you need a pep talk from kindergartners, press 3. If you need to hear kids laughing with delight, press 4. Uh, so, and, and I'll give you the number when we're done. The, the number is posted on yes, these, on these right. news stories, so you'll be able to call it if you want to. You want to do the frustration first, how to yeah, handle no, frustration? Is, all right, handling frustration. All right, and here's, here's the advice you get. Let's see what this is. I haven't heard this yet. If you're frustrated, you can always go to your bedroom, punch a pillow, or cry on it, and just go scream outside. Oh. oh my god, that's so cute. <laughs> what did she say at the end? What about going outside? Or just... Be grateful for yourself. Oh, oh, Scream outside. Sorry, Casey. Oh, I, oh, I thought oh, you were oh, resetting the other one. Hold yeah, on. My... What, what does it say at the end here? Hang on. If you're frustrated, you can always go to your bedroom, punch a pillow, or cry on it, and just go scream outside. Go scream, scream outside. outside. Oh, okay. Oh, what about ice cream outside? That, that would be yeah, good too. even better. Yeah. All right. What's this one for, Steve? The next one. The next one is for. Uh, it's a reminder that you are liked. We all like you. Here we go. Be grateful for yourself, dude. Live it up. I trust that you can make things right. If you're feeling up high and unbalanced, think of groundhogs. It's okay to be different. We already like you. <laughs> That's great. I love it. All right, and then uh... and then she mentioned the sounds of kids laughing. Okay, here we go. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Baby's so laughing it. is best. When you get Gary Lauer laughing is <laughs> uh, second best. When you get a a a raw, just something that that comes from from a kid's mind, mm-hmm. every now and then, it's just a simple. Little nugget, yeah, that that uh, that pops up from you're like, that's it. That's well, that, just that's just fantastic. You see that all the time on AFVs. So well, yeah. there's there's you know there's the, the, the little the little girl making the case about how the 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 daddy's supposed to they're supposed to go on a walk at this time and this was this and she's looking up her dad and she goes that's the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of teachers asking, uh, it's like a, uh, you know, some sort of challenge on social media, but teachers asking their students what their parents do that embarrass them or that they don't like about their parents or whatever. And it's like, mom tries to do TikTok dances and she can't. You oh, know? That's like, funny. They're really funny. There's this little girl on, uh, it's Instagram reel. She probably has a TikTok as well. And listen, she is being coached as what, what to yeah. say by her mother. But like, She's just adorable, and she's just full of life and yeah. light, and she's just happy, and she's beautiful, blonde, blue eyes, but, like, and her mom's coaching her, and it's just 
positive reinforcement. It's just encouraging. Do it again! <laughs> well, you don't know what's going on on the other side of the camera. You just see... And that's fine by me. You call that's that a read? You call that a read? What's your motivation for this scene? I don't believe you. Make me yeah. believe you. Like the, when you try to get a picture of your kid smiling. Just smile! Smile! Be happy! And then they post the picture. So we had Moses Storm on the on the show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, comedian. He's got a special on HBO Max right now. And... <laughs> It's really it's it's a great show, but uh, at one point he does a, a video presentation. His mom they were really hard on money, and, and yeah. his mom was trying to. They win. lived in a bus. They did for a little while, but when they were living in a home, she was trying to win ten thousand dollars from <laughs> America's Funniest Home Videos, and you just see the mountains and mountains of outtakes trying to get a flower poured on their child's head and it's really really funny because you you know yeah the people at AFV didn't see. All of that other stuff, they just saw the finished product. Right, but which like, didn't pass muster. Or, like, how about the tattoo on my arm right now? Yeah. You know, like, there's a beautiful picture of my right. kids with the sun setting in the background. <laughs> but really, I was like, just put your goddamn hands <laughs> on their shoulders! <laughs> uh, I love that. I love that. Uh, let me see here. Here's, uh, I want to go to Donna. Hey, Donna, good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, what's up, Donna. Hey, how are you guys? We're doing Wonderful. well. What do you want to share with us? I just wanted to share. My son was talking to me on the way home from school the other day, and she said, um, how am I here right now? I'm alive. It's so, I'm, ha- I'm so happy to be alive. And that him saying that just made my day. Uh, it can. Stuff like that. I so uh, thank you, by the way, Donna. So I, I for a while, I wanted to write down quotes that my kids would say. I always forgot to do it, right? But I did have this one written down, and, and I have it here. It says Caroline quote says she was staring off into the space in the backyard, and I said, "What are you looking at?" And she goes, "The world around me." <laughs> and then she twirled around, and I'm uh-huh. like, "That must be nice. Must yeah, be nice." It's beautiful, so, man. Yep. I have a list of, of Ben stuff, but I don't think I've updated in years, and. Here's one. I asked him, do you know what they have on Coney Island? And his response was, dinosaurs? <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, if, if you're a parent, especially with kids uh, that are younger, write that stuff down now. Yes. You, you, it's a limited amount of time that you have. Ray Romano had a, uh, it was early on in his career, and I remember him talking about his, his daughter or something like that, and she's staring out the window, and he goes, what are you thinking about? And she just goes, Candy. <laughs> he's like, how great must that be that you can just sit and think about candy and yeah. be satisfied? And that's, you know, the secret. That's right all you now. need out of life. Yep. All right. So anyhow, the, by the way, the number, if you want to get these uplifting messages next time you need a little boost, you can call them. The phone number is 707 998 8410. All right. So 707 998 8410. All right, uh, let me see. What else we have here in the junk drawer? Yo, ever heard of Whoa, hey. That's another line. I forgot we were in the junk drawer. <laughs> we were in the junk drawer. Should we uh, add the jerkmate uh, alert to the PrestonSteve.com so when you're in, <laughs> at the ups and you click on anything just oh innocuously? Or we could do the jerk drawer. Yeah, the jerk drawer. <laughs> I like that. 
All right, so a federal judge Friday issued a preliminary injunction blocking Oregon's ban. By the way, can I say something? Yes. When it when it comes to legal cases and things like this, when they when they issue a injunction blocking a ban on something that was, you know, and when there's ban and there's a block and then a block on that ban, I get lost. I have no like, idea. Can you do it or not now? Because <laughs> yeah. I don't know the double negatives and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I get lost in all what this. What does crap. it mean? Well, what does anything mean if you can block ban, ban the block, block the ban, and, and, and block the, the block the blocked ban? Yeah, yeah. I, I get lost. Okay, so anyhow, here's the deal: a federal judge on Friday issued a preliminary injunction blocking Oregon's ban on what are known as real estate love letters. Okay. Personal notes oh, sent wow. to by prospective home buyers to people who are selling their homes. So now what this means is that you can do it. For okay. a moment, there was a block on you. weren't able to do that. Now, I will say that the love letter we wrote to get our shore house is what got us the shore oh, house. Oh, yep. Yeah. And Without question. The love letter we got is why we sold the house to the people okay. that we sold it to. Why okay. would you, uh, by the way, why would that ever be, uh, you're, if you are simply exercising your freedom of speech to compose a letter and to try to um, <laughs> persuade someone to sell to well, you. Well, because it could be lies. Like, you know, there's, well, there's every, no... There's, the, the world is filled with lies and exaggerations. Well, listen, for, for us, we sold our house mm. essentially to the people that really had the most... Cash on hand so that the the sale wouldn't fall through we the last minute. We, so no, much. But no. their story was amazing. <laughs> but but the was... thing, what you want to what you want to fight against is obviously if, if someone is not selling for religious, they don't approve of your religion or your race or whatever. That's the stuff you want. But right. if if you're simply, but our our love letter said that uh, I will use my mouth on you. Well, no, I mean <laughs> they they said that the the, the bottom floor was going to be perfect for the father to live there because uh, he can't get around as well. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Right. And he never ended up moving in there. And living with them, okay. So yeah, so people pull little dirty tricks, you know, to try oh. and get a leg up. Well, and but this is, and, and it's a competition, yeah. you know. So, yeah. so, so this is fairly it's an essay contest, but it's fairly new as as uh, frequent as it's done. I was not aware of it until we were buying this this property, and our neighbors who had sent one to get their home said, "Hey, send this letter." I'm like, oh. Okay. I knew you could do that. Well, yeah, <laughs> for sure. And all we did was told them that we had kids and we thought they were going to love this. And they, the other people, were under the impression that our kids were like, you know, Little. toddlers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Become the adults. And then when we met with them, they we're like, how old are you kids? They're like, yeah, you know, 20 and, and uh, 18. And, and they were like, oh, oh, oh okay. Mm. I'm like, yeah, but they're still going to give me the keys time. back. Yeah, right. So <laughs> anyhow, that. Oregon lawmakers, so uh, it, it's, uh, I'll continue in the article. It says, the letters are often sent, uh, seen as a way to appeal to the seller to accept a potential less competitive offer. Oregon lawmakers banned them on January 1st, viewing the love letters as a way that sellers could, whether consciously or not, be influenced to make a decision based on race, national origin, marital or family status, sex, sexual orientation, or other protected classes, which so that's is what you right. were referring so to. So that's where you get into the, the, the absolute illegal part of this. But if you're simply saying, you know, hey, we, you know, this is a dream, and my, my grandfather on his deathbed said, please move into this exact house, um, you know, then, the, the, then it's up to the reader to discern. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's part of the deal. So, But while viewing Oregon's goal as laudable, U.S. District Judge Marco Hernandez so the law violates the First Amendment by <clears throat> restricting free speech too broadly. Look what I said. Attorney Daniel Ortner of the Conservative Pacific League Foundation, which challenged the law, 
uh, said the ruling, quote, preserves the opportunity of home buyers to speak freely to sellers and make the case why their purchase offers should win out. The lawsuit also noted that uh, state and federal laws already prohibit housing discrimination. Uh, the preliminary injunction will remain in effect until Hernandez makes a final decision. I say this. You read the letters, pick your top five, get a polygrapher there to hook them up. And uh, <laughs> see? Yeah. See who's, who's telling the, the truth. truth. I don't exactly. understand why they can't um, give the pricing of the house like another bid. Like, what if so? If somebody re- like if you really wanted that shore house and you would have outbid them, why wouldn't like why can't they give what other people are bidding on the house? I think that doesn't make sense. Yeah, to it's me. like Final Jeopardy. It's like you don't know what the people next to you are bidding. Yeah, but maybe or you could say um, I will give you know a thousand dollars over your highest offer. And well, right I, now, people are doing that. They're yeah. doing that. They're doing because that's the kind of market we're in now. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, for cars, like if you're buying a car, mm. you, you may ask. You know, there are all additional costs that are going in, even used cars. So they're going to tack on and say, you know, to, to make this worth our while, we're going to have to charge this, and people are doing it. They're they're paying the extra. They have to. I'll go to Kathleen, a real estate broker. Hi, Kathleen. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Wonderful, Kathleen. What do you want to chime in with? So you guys were talking about the love letters. I'm actually an instructor of real estate, so I teach about this. Okay. And, you know, we've had a lot of problems in the industry with those love letters because people are putting information in the letters about their families and where they've come from. And we see a lot of issues with discrimination in housing as a result of these. So for quite some time, you know, it was... Um, frowned upon to include or incorporate those love letters with our offers. So Kathleen, would it would it then is it then um incumbent on the seller to look at these letters as red flags and to avoid any issue? Would it would it behoove the seller to say this is more information than I need. This could be construed as violating one of those uh, racial or religious or uh, other edicts that you can't, that is actual part of the law, and and, and then just t- completely wave off it entirely. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you have a lot of agents out there that sometimes aren't even showing or submitting the letters with the offer because we have to be concerned about you know the discrimination aspect. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't doubt it if that becomes a policy of the of the agents or the agencies to say we don't do this. It's, I liken it to this. So, example, yeah. like it, it's it's a similar sort of thing. Like at Saturday Night Live, if you were to send a uh, an unsolicited huh. vetted script or for for material, they throw it right out. Right. Yep. Don't want right. to look at it. Right. Yep. Yep. So what I suggest with these letters is rather than including pictures of yourself or your family or talking about yourself or your family talk about the home what you love about the home you know whatever um different things the seller may have done to make the home unique and you know and in real estate that adds to the value of a property or that you appreciate it if you could really do some research if you're a potential buyer and you find out if there's been any conflict with the neighbors, you could send them a letter and says, if you hate your neighbors, yeah. we will be their worst nightmare when we move in. <laughs> Anything like that? Yeah. Just uh, uh, If you're moving because you hate your neighbors, boy, did you pick the right couple to buy this house. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Kathleen, did you, did you hear my question earlier about the like when people put a bid in, why are, are other potential bidders allowed to know what that price is? 
Yeah, so that's a great question. So here's what happens. If you put a bid in and the seller accepts it and something happens with the transaction and it falls apart, maybe the seller accepted a bid that was, let's say, not in this market, obviously, but lower than what they were asking for. If that's advertised, then everybody knows what the seller's bottom line is. And when we're negotiating, it's completely up to the seller whether or not the agent can share with other agents what the offer they're holding looks like. Okay. okay so it, it protects the seller. Yeah, it absolutely protects the seller, and that's what you want. We're in a, a business where you're not going out and buying, like, a retail thing. We're negotiating price, so we want to keep those numbers protected. Okay. Okay. Makes right. sense. Yeah. Thank you, Kathleen. Appreciate it. You're so welcome. Thank you. Have All a great right. day. You too, and we'll see you later. All right, so, but as of now, you can you can write those letters if you want to. Do you think in real estate, in it benefits you if your real estate picture has googly eyes on it? Yeah. No, of course it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Who's not going to want to do business with that guy or gal? I mean, doesn't all advertising isn't improved by, by googly, googly eyes? Yeah. I think so. Especially yeah. those women in hygiene ads. Right. <laughs> oh. Speaking yeah. of that. Oh, yes. On International yeah. Women's Day. Kathy, what's the story with the menstrual cup? You gave us a, oh, a look. Is yeah, your cup just... runneth over? Oh, God. It didn't go well. It didn't no. go well at oh, all. No, no, it was terrible. Um, yeah, and I and I'm, So it was a friend and I decided we were both going to try it. Hers went so smooth. Like You bought your like, own, right? Each? Stop yeah. it, yeah. yes. Okay. I even had, I had two different ones because they say you have to look at the size and the, you know, right. this and that and whatever. And I I could, it just <laughs> wouldn't work. The, the, uh, it's supposed to create a seal. It was not creating a seal, uh, and it was not good. Wow! So did you have did, I don't not to get to it it, it? it did it, it didn't do what you needed it to. Do. Did you have? But you did you try it in a controlled situation? Yeah, I was. Oh yeah. Oh hell yeah. I okay. was not coming here with that. Okay. happening. Right. Um, so yeah, I tried a few different times. Each one, it didn't go well. Um, When's the new couch coming? I'm not gonna. No, I'm not gonna. Um, I'm not gonna give up on it yet. But I am gonna ask because they they talk about uh, different uh, methods. Yeah. Uh, no, they talk about how your body is shaped and things like that. Sure. So I'm actually gonna ask my gynecologist and ask her um, if maybe because uh, some people say you should use the disc and your body is shaped in a way that the disc is more helpful than the cup. So, so there's still we'll options. See. I'm. I'm I'm not giving up, uh, but it didn't go well. Have you when tried you... the road cone? <laughs> I have not tried the road cone. When you put the cup in, which way does the handle face? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there was a whole, like, you have to boil it before you use it. Oh, my it, God. And then That's going to hurt. Like, some of them have this little, like, nubby thing on it. You have to cut it off. It's like, like one of those yeah. uh, mouth guards that you get yeah. when you, when you yeah. play sports yeah. as a kid, right? Yeah, you got <laughs> yeah, to yeah. boil it and stick it in while it's hot. <laughs> I think she meant her private parts. I'm like, you can't oh. boil those things. No. no you should see the text messages, though, between my group of friends. I was like, this is a disaster. And they were all the ones that were touting it. Yeah, two of them use it and love it. And then a third one, she's the one that used it. It went uh, so well for her. She's like, I can't believe, I'm never going back. Okay. Mine was terrible. And the other girl said she was still hugging her box of tampons. Wow. Okay. You should forward that text exchange to Bill because I yeah. know how much he loved the yep. conversation. Oh, yeah, right. Okay, I should. Right, Dear I, Kathy, I love hearing about the tampons. <laughs> all right, let's see what else we got here. Uh, researchers reveal that Americans in the Northeast are the worst snorers Woo! in the country. That's us, folks. A oh. poll of uh, 2,000 U.S. adults commissioned by nasal dilator brand Mute <laughs> revealed some information. So do you think... So, uh, quick question here. Mm-hmm. 
Does the Northeast uh, suffer from a statistically higher amount of pollen and things of that nature as opposed to other parts of the country? Mm-hmm. Not really sure. I, when I think of pollen, I think more south for some reason, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Who knows? Could be way off on that. 53% of residents in New York, Washington, D.C., Connecticut, and the surrounding states keep their partners awake with snoring more than any other region in the country. <laughs> Not me. My wife is in another room. Uh, 46% of adults who say they snore or live with a snorer in the Northeast say that they are so tired due to it that it has affected their day-to-day lives. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, among that group, 25% have uh, snapped at someone and 11% have turned to high-fat or sugary foods to keep them awake. Wow. Okay. You do not listen. You can't yell at the snorer. They don't even know they're doing it, you know? I know, but... I, it it I does know. suck when you're... It's something you can't control and, and or, you know, you, you and you're simply not off and, and, and people become pissed at you at something you're passively doing in your sleep. <laughs> we rented a mountain house uh, not that long ago and we put the kids in a bunk bedroom and my nephew... Uh, has trouble falling asleep by himself. So my brother would go in there and lay with him. Now, right. Jace was on the top bunk. It was like 2 o'clock in the morning, and Jace came to the room. He goes, Uncle Jimmy sounds like a dying pig. <laughs> <laughs> my brother snores so loud. Really? Yeah, but I was like, I'm like, oh, you poor thing. Okay. Dude, my dad would wake up the house. I mean, it, like, it, it was yeah, so loud. Too. It was so obnoxious. And now he has a CPAP machine because he had apnea on top yeah. of it. And yep. Steve, you're right. I mean, you shouldn't get mad at that person, but when you're sleep deprived, yeah, yeah. Your, your emotions are How off the charts dude, too. Shut so, up! Exactly. Yeah. Let, you know, though, the CPAP honestly, machine has really helped him, and and my mom uses one now as well too. So there are medical devices and ways to control sne- uh, snoring and really help you get the sleep that you need. Would an adjustable bed help as well for there some people? Yeah. 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 How does it not hurt though? When you wake up in the morning, how do you not have a sore throat from He would. That, <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, his, his throat would be dried out. It, you know, it, it messes you up to everything. Teach yourself to sleep gargle. Uh, <laughs> 39% of these said that they deal with the snore by nudging, kicking, or elbowing them yeah. to get them to quiet down. So one of, one of our dogs is a loud snorer, <laughs> Rook. He's, he's so the larger cute. of the two. And what I found, you can't just kind of nudge them. You got to, like, literally flip them over. Right, yeah. It's the position they're laying in a lot of times that can cause uh, the snoring to happen, which is why I don't sleep on my back. If I sleep on my back, I snore, I stop breathing. Oh, yeah. I have that. I have a, I have a mild case of apnea, and that's what happens. So I've trained myself to just exclusively sleep on my sides, which is why I personally think my back hurts sometimes. Um, but, um, but, yeah, I've kept from snoring that way. It took me, I mean, for decades, uh, you know, I, uh, I was a stomach sleeper, and uh, I train myself now. I can't sleep in any position but on my back. Oh, I sleep on my stomach. Do you? Mm-hmm. I sleep on I your stomach. I can't do it anymore. I can't sleep <laughs> no, on No, I end stomach. up, like, so if I doze off because, like, I'm watching TV or whatever, yeah. I'm, I'm watching, I'm laying on my back, and if I doze off, I will wake myself up, either holding my breath or choking on my spit. Or choking on your spit? Yeah. Wow. That's got to be scary. Yeah. Wake up coughing and stuff. Mm-hmm. That wow. sucks. Like aspirating, yeah. Waking up that way, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so 59% of snores are ages 45 to 54, the most of any age group. Uh, and among the 51% of those who admit to snoring, 57% of men are men, 46% are women. And 21% say their snoring has been described as a growl, <laughs> while 16% say it resembles the sound of a saw. So um, <laughs> children don't routinely snore that much, right? I don't think so. I, I think, think it's, it's well, if they're like later. They're sick. If maybe. they're congested, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. So here you go. 
a growl, 16% a saw, 10% a roar, another 10% sound like a train, and 8% sound like Darth Vader, apparently. Do you, do, all right, so is there a possibility that snoring is, uh, we're supposed to snore, that... Keep animals away? Yeah. Predators? Possible. Okay. I think if that was the case, you'd develop this when you sleep. <laughs> uh, but no, you know, listen, I, you always hear it's because you have a, like a deviated septum or mm-hmm. something, so which is not a natural, that's not the way you should be, so right. uh, that wouldn't, I don't know, I'm, I'm pre-law. Yeah, he, yeah, don't talk to him, he's yeah. not pre-med. All right, one more story, maybe two, we'll see, I have a few things here, um, but uh, it's it's interesting how many uh, sometimes laws either are or not or are not on the books, even though it seems like a no-brainer that they should be. Right. Uh, the Senate voted unanimously yesterday to pass anti-lynching legislation uh, that would make lynching a federal crime. After the House previously passed it on a 422 to three vote, you would have thought that would have been yeah gone along or, or time covered ago. by other laws. Right. The passage of anti-lynching legislation by Congress came after more than 200 attempts that first began more than 100 years ago in 1918. And under the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act, which President Biden is expected to sign into law, a crime would be uh, prosecuted as a lynching when death or serious bodily injuries results from a conspiracy to commit a hate crime with a potential sentence of up to 30 years in prison. It's like the like the bestiality places where it's yeah. not Illegal, right, right, and you're like, it's interesting. Really, you yeah. didn't, you didn't think to get rid of that. And I always think of lynching as resulting in death. Yeah. So yes. I, I'm also like, I was surprised to hear that three people voted against it, and I'm wondering if there are. So obviously, you think of hate crimes when you think of lynching, but like, uh, also, like, what if uh, you and your neighbors found out that the guy across the street is, uh, has molested your children, and then you guys all go across the the street and like Freddy Krueger. Yeah, I mean, that technically would be a lynching as well, correct? I bet you yeah. they cite okay. Freddy yeah. Krueger in the law. Yeah. I mean, have that one guy who's in the uh, UFC. It wasn't a lynching per se. He beat the hell out of the... Uh... Shot somebody. Oh, is that the case? Yeah, I didn't realize so he shot him. Yeah, he ended up chasing down a car and shooting into the car and not shooting the person that he was trying to shoot. This guy was uh, had molested his like niece or, or something yeah. like that. Was it so, just recently? Just recently, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I didn't get so, the details on that. But I, So I'm wondering why anybody would vote against... This. Yeah, and, I don't know. Um, all right. Who knows? I just thought that was interesting. I'm pre-med. I, I would have know. thought a lynching, <laughs> yeah. uh, a lynching uh, law would have been on the books a long time Seriously. ago. But sometimes they're, they they take a while to get to them for whatever political reasons there might be uh, to not um, you know vote for them to be made into a law. All right, so I got another one here. Oh, you do? Yeah, why not? Okay, sure. Do one not? more. I think I do. At least let me look in here and see what I can find. Oh, yeah, I got this. <laughs> Um, I love this story. A bronze bell cast in 1834 in Paul Revere's Massachusetts foundry in his foundry has come home, capping a nearly two-century cross-country odyssey that saw it hauled by ox cart to churches in Ohio before languishing for decades in a California garage. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm home! <laughs> After a week-long journey across the United States, the historic bell was returned Friday to the site where it was created 188 years ago. It's good to have you back, Mr. Bell. Uh, Ky- said Kylie Nichols, a spokesperson for the Paul Revere Heritage Site in Canton, just south of Boston. Uh, the museum said the 1,000-pound bell was made by the Revolutionary War Patriot's son, uh, Joseph Warren Revere, 
who took over his father's foundry in 1804. How's that bell coming along? I'll get to it! Uh, in 1984, 84, real estate agent uh, Janine Shank became the Bell's accidental owner. She had helped broker the sale of what was once a First Baptist Church in Vermilion, Ohio, to a fitness center. But the gym didn't want the heavy Bell, and uh, Shanks didn't feel good about it being scrapped. So she made a thousand dollar donation to the church in exchange for the Bell, which earlier had adorned the belfry of the First Presbyterian Church of Cleveland. Uh, when she and her husband Robert retired, uh, they hauled the Bell with them. It became the joke of the family. Said her daughter Amy. Uh, they opened the doors of the garage and would ring the bell every 4th of July, and people would look at it and say, what is that? After their parents' deaths, Miller uh, and her brother, uh, retired Ford Motor Executive Robert L. Shanks, moved the bell to Miller's garage, where it sat since 2009. It looks pretty cool, I yeah. have to say. It's a classic bell, as you would find in a belfry. It's, it's and huge. And I guess, I don't know if they knew it was a, it was a Paul Revere you know, creation or not, but a collector in Texas offered $50,000 for the bell, which bears Revere's uh, imprimatur. But it, after he casually mentioned that he would melt it down if he decided not to keep it, they decided to not take the offer. So they did know it was a, it was Paul Revere. Um, Always sign your bells. Uh, so they did some online sleuthing, figured out where the bell was forged, and decided to donate it to the Massachusetts Museum so the public could view and appreciate it. Which they is did extensive cool. searching on this, and they ended up in a subterranean cave with a pirate ship. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Wait, that's the Goonies. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> there is treasure there, though. Yeah. Yes, plenty of treasure. Uh, Canton historian George Kumo, a board member of the Revere and Sun Heritage Trust Corporation, uh, which operates the museum, said a uh, few of the hundreds of bells that the Revere's produced are in private hands, uh, and most are hidden from public view. So this one will be uh, publicly displayed, which is pretty cool. So it's another bell you won't visit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go. We're going to wrap up the junk drawer there. I'm done. I am finished, my friend. We need to take a break because i got some bizarre file stories that I believe you will enjoy, and we want to remind you about texting in to win a Preston seat theme tattoo because it is Tattoo Tuesday. So text the word tattoo to 39333. Coming back in a moment. Hang in there. Lizzie Hale from the band Hailstorm. Hi, I'm Nia Strauss. Hey, y'all, it's Rebecca and Megan. Together, we're Larkin Poe. Rock and roll is powerful, and so are the voices behind it. Women have been and will always be a driving force in rock history, and our voices and our instruments are getting louder every single day. So, from everyone in Hailstorm, myself, Larkin Poe, and WMMR, WMMR, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for writing the next chapter with us. All right, we'll see if you know what movie this uh, strong, powerful woman's clip is from. Settle down. Are you kidding? I'm at the top of my game. I'm right up there with the big dogs. Girls, come on. Leave the saving of the world to the men? I don't think so. All right, 215-263-WMMR. We'll go to Nate. Hey, Nate, good morning. Hey, good morning. All right, Nate, what movie is that from? Uh, The Incredible. Yes, it is. Elastigirl, nice job. And we, sir, are going to give you a case of Troganator Double Bock. The Troganator Double Bock is a beer for people who love beer, layered with notes of smooth caramel, stone fruit, and fresh toasted grains. That sounds good. You can enjoy the Troganator at Food and Friends at 1933 Spruce Street in Philly. I love at the beginning of that movie, they're doing uh, they're doing interviews with different superheroes, uh-huh. and 
um, that, that you can hear with her. She's like, no, man, we, we women, we have to yeah. do it all. And Mr. Incredible's like, ah, I'm kind of tired of doing this whole thing. <laughs> and then years later, it, it's total right, role right. reversal. It's the, the complete <laughs> other way around. I love that movie. It's just perfect. All right, we're going to do stories from the Bizarre File right now. Now, Bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, Bizarre File. All right. Brought to you this morning by Monstermania. You can meet the biggest names in horror at MonstermaniaCon number 49. It's this weekend at the Cherry Hill Hotel with Ernie Hudson, Michael C. Hall, and more. Monstermania.net. We'll start with this one. Another messed up story out of Florida. I led with the one uh, in the last Bizarre File, a guy being crushed in a porta potty. Well, deputies say they believe a missing woman's body was found inside her own septic tank. Holy God! Overnight in Florida. Sheriff's office, uh, the sheriff's office said that deputies... Worked from Friday night until Saturday morning, excavating the backyard of 57-year-old Cynthia Cole. How did that happen? In her home while investigator, they were investigating her disappearance. They have no idea. Uh, detectives say that they found a woman's body in the tank, which was buried four feet underground. Medical examiners yet to confirm the body's identity, but deputies said that they have every reason to believe that it is that of Ms. Cole. It's got to be foul play, obviously. Shortly after finding the body, uh, detectives arrested handyman uh, Koikai Demich on second-degree murder. So he has been, it's alleged, yeah. uh, in the involvement of her death. But that is just, like, ugh. You can't overflush and get sucked down into the septic tank. That's horrible, horrible. A hungry raccoon tried to invade the kitchen of an apartment the hard way by crawling through the light fixture <laughs> to the horror of the occupants. And the critter's paw could be seen reaching out from the ceiling <laughs> as the tenants were shrieking in horror in a moment that was caught on video. Uh, you can hear uh, Yesenia Irizari saying, F this, I'm calling 911. Uh, she's a 21-year-old student at the Fashion Institute of Technology and says on the video... As her three roommates screamed to call 911. Despite it looking like an alien, she asked for animal control. She said, some of us thought it was a raccoon. Some of us thought uh, it was, I don't even know. And the critter's identity was confirmed when it pushed harder to get into the kitchen, opening up a bigger gap in the ceiling medallion surrounding the light fixture and revealed the raccoon's head. Now, I read in a uh, in a in one of the articles about it that it was a rabbit, and it sounds like they didn't... Did they catch it or no? No, they didn't. So okay, so you wouldn't even know if it was rabbit. She said we could see it. Uh, we could see the stripes. Uh, the police officers who arrived were at a loss, telling the terrified Forsen that eventually it will give up. Just try to sleep through it. How could you? Yeah, right. But Irizari said that uh, no one got any shut eye that night. When the building's handyman arrived the next day, he admitted that raccoons had been frequent visitors to the three-story row house, telling her that uh, that was why the fireplace was plastered over. Thanks for telling me now. Uh, the past tenant, she said, would come home and find raccoons in the living room. Aye. Irizarry <laughs> said that uh, she had also seen the creature, but outside, uh, she said that uh, the roommates continued for several weeks to hear the raccoon and its babies scratching in the crawl space above them. And she filmed the video in November, but posted it only this week. I have to week. apologize. We ate all of your Nutella. So I don't know what they're going to do about getting it out of there, as far as I know. Yeah, what do you do? It hasn't been resolved as of yet. Yep. Investigators say a prank caused a hijacking scare on an inbound flight to Orlando on Sunday. A passenger said we were pulling in. The captain on the intercom said uh, he had let us know that there was a non-credible threat. 
Uh, a 10-year-old boy was using an airdrop to wirelessly send a threat that the plane was hijacked. Oh, man. Oh, man. And the FBI said Monday that no charges will be filed in the case. Apparently, the minimum age for federal crimes that usually apply to planes is 11 years old. This is a 10-year-old. I mean, that's that's yeah. you're you're building a sociopath. Yep. Uh, Alaskan Airlines said in a statement after Alaska Airlines Flight 16 from Seattle landed in Orlando, it parked remotely because of a potential threat that was later deemed non-credible. Police boarded and cleared the aircraft. The plane continued to its gate, and passengers deplaned as normal. We take safety seriously and apologize for the inconvenience of our guests. I'm wow. ten years old, but I'll beat your ass. <laughs> A man in Thailand is feeling some pain after getting shot in his manhood because he allegedly went out for drinks with his friends instead of making uh, dinner for his wife. And it wasn't a a gun either. So uh, Chanita Kadrum shot uh, Boonchui Musitan with a harpoon. A harpoon? Wow. After waiting up for him to come home. Uh, oh, my balls. Musiton said that his wife uh, twisted the spear when it was impaled uh. in his penis. Oh, my God. Uh, Musiton was allegedly so drunk that he didn't go to the hospital until the next day, and his penis needed 17 stitches. It's just a harpoon. Uh, Bunchui said oh, my balls. he decided to stay away from his home until his wife, quote, cools down. Yeah, she harpoons my balls <laughs> now and then. Is it? Yeah. You gotta let her cool off for a little Instead while. Of, I'm in the doghouse. I got my balls harpooned. Mm-hmm. Sleep it off. Oh, my balls! <laughs> a now retired Indiana high school teacher who was arrested after video showed him hitting a student during a confrontation over wearing a hooded sweatshirt on school grounds was charged this past Friday with battery. Security footage shows the incident on February 25th at Jimtown High School in Elkhart, Indiana. In the video, teacher Michael Hazinski. Jogs down a hallway at the school, appearing to chase after a student. Grabs a student by the backpack. Zinsky points at his finger at the student and then hits a student in the face, knocking the student's head into the wall. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. As the student holds their head with one hand, Zinsky grabs a student by the arm, begins to pull the student down the hallway before the student falls to the ground. At that point, another adult appears in the video and Zinsky walks away from the student. A judge on Friday determined that there was probable cause to charge Zinsky with causing moderate injury, a level six felony. Uh, Hazinski, a 40-year teaching veteran who a social media post named its Teacher of the Year in 2020, had planned to retire as a world civilization and sociology teacher in June. Less than two hours after he hit the student, he requested that the school board grant him an early retirement. <laughs> uh, yeah. They, they unanimously voted I'm just not handling this one. Uh, to the early retirement request, he will receive all usual retirement benefits. Uh, the altercation had begun after he confronted the student about wearing a hooded sweatshirt. The class hoods are not allowed in school except on special days. From there, a verbal exchange ensued, and Hazinski slapped the student in the face, and the student's head hit the wall. Police officer uh, called to the scene, saw an abrasion and a lump on the student's head. Uh, the student told the officer Hazinski had instructed him to leave the classroom. After he left, the student said he followed him down the hallway, grabbed his backpack, and hit him across the okay. So he's, uh, yeah, he's in trouble. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That is what we are wrapping the bizarre with, bizarre file with, I should say, right now. We're going to take a break, come back. Lesson questions up next, along with trash, music news. Hang in there with us, please. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. Uh, on, on the web. PrestonandSteve.com. 
The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. International Women's Day, and we're like, you know what, let's play. Let's play the ladies that rock this morning on the Preston and Steve Show. And we've been getting a hailstorm been... definitely in there. And very impressed by the amount of uh, of uh, female, I mean, like rock rock, not I like Dido. I, I have always loved hard rocking women. I remember the, you know, when, when, when I realized how hard heart could rock yeah. i was like wow man that's a that's a straight up soulful rock band right there with you know ann wilson's just powerful voice just banging it out man. grace slick oh yeah yeah absolutely there's been kathy romano yeah amazing you heard her uh my heart will go on forever cover <laughs> but we're in, a, we're in a good spot right now with with evanescence and dorothy and hailstorm and and um pretty reckless, pretty reckless who i think is legit man yeah um, we're just in a, women are having a great, and you know what? Even when, when like when alt rock hit, yes, that in in the uh, in the early nineties ushered in a huge uh, amount of women coming out and playing rock music, which had been we had been away from for a long time. Up until that moment, I was like, yes, man, this is great. I'm digging it because you just get some great music. So. Froggy, how about Froggy and Froggy? Froggy. You got to include Froggy in that. Thank you, Casey. All female band right there. All right, we're going to do today's lesson question. We're going to give away a pair of tickets to see Joe DeRosa. He's playing uh, Punchline this Friday night. question we're going to go with is, who was also in the plane with Amelia Earhart when she crashed? 215-263-WMMR. See, we were listening. We were talking about women in history, influential women in history. And Amelia Earhart apparently had a co-pilot we were not aware of. Yes. Who was in the plane with her? 215-263-WMMR. Give us a call now. We're going to do the trash fight call. The trash business is a goldmine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, brought to you this morning by Natural Lawn of America. Safer for your lawn, kids, and pets. And you can schedule their full-service program and get free seating every year. Call 800-FREE-SEED. Natural Lawn of America, greener grass, fewer weeds, guaranteed. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, as you said before, pressed about Sharon Osbourne. She's admitting that her plan to move the family back to England from L.A. is not a popular one with her husband. Sharon says Ozzy has some serious concerns, mainly because he forgot how to go outside. (laughs) Queen Elizabeth has decided to leave Buckingham Palace and make Windsor Castle her permanent home. The 95-year-old royal says she will return to Buckingham Palace when she hosts streaming content for her Bump Bites channel. <laughs> oh, my God. And finally, Bill Cosby avoiding a potential, a potential return trip to prison after the U.S. Supreme Court refused to weigh in on the Pennsylvania ruling that set him free. Cos- Cosby told reporters, quote, this is proof that prison with the dizzle sizzle. <laughs> <laughs> and that's your Hollywood trip. Hey, can you argue with that? No. 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 Right. Uh, let's see if we can get an answer to the stupid question. Who is also in the flame with Amelia Earhart? 215-263-WMMR. I'm going to go to Rick and see if he knows. Yo, Rick. Hey. Hey. <laughs> All right, Rick, who is in the plane with Amelia Earhart? That would be none other than Sasquatch. Sasquatch. Yeah. 
You got it right, Rick. Hang on a second. And we are going to give you a pair of tickets to see the very funny Joe DeRosa this Friday night, Punchline Philly. And tickets are on sale now for five shows with Joe DeRosa, Thursday through Saturday. PunchlinePhilly.com for tickets and information. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Is that a fart? Brought to you this morning by Jersey Mike's Day of Giving. It is your time to shine for the participants of the Special Olympics USA Games. Grab a sub on Wednesday, March 30th, and all sales will be donated to the games. Nice. Jersey Mike's. Be a sub above. Well, rather than escalate his feud with Eddie Vedder, Motley Crue bassist Nicky Six, Nitley Six. <laughs> this is my brother, Nitley. Is trying to explain his anger at Vetter's comments. During a recent chat with the New York Times, Eddie Vetter recalled working at a San Diego venue back in the 1980s when glam metal was at its peak. And Vetter had remembered, I ended up being, this is just to, yeah. you know, to refresh this story. Uh, I'd end up being at shows that I wouldn't have chosen to go to, bands that monopolized the 80s, uh, the late 80s MTV, uh, the metal bands. That, and I'm trying not to be nice that I despised. Girls, 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 Motley Crue, F you. I hated it. I hated how it made the fellas look. I hated how it made the women look. It felt so vacuous. Now, in a chat between Six and Brazilian entrepreneur, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Powell Baron and music critic Regis Tade, uh, in which he shed light on his feelings about uh, Vetter's unprovoked slamming of his band was released, he said, I'm not trying to be that guy who wrote uh, Bastard, which is a song from Motley Crue, I uh, said, because I'm not the guy that wrote Bastard. I wrote that song about somebody that ripped us off. Uh, I am the guy that if you F with me, I will F with you back. And that's what that song is about. You take a swipe at my band, I'll take a swipe at your band. You try and hurt my family, which is my band, I will try to hurt you. That's not something to be proud about. And then he laughed. I uh, explained that uh, he and his bandmates were totally open to the grunge scene uh, emanating out of the Pacific Northwest. He said, I remember going uh, to MTV with a copy of Nevermind before it had come out. And we were like, hey, you guys got to check out this band. You got to check out this band. And they were uh, they were bands that were coming. And I remember having a cassette. And I think it was demos. It might not have been. But it may have been early recordings for Rage Against a Machine. And I remember telling everybody about that. And he went on to say, we've never been afraid to embrace music changing because that's the whole idea behind music. If you listen to Too Fast for Love and then you listen to The Dirt, you're like, well, it's the same band, but it's grown. So we never had a problem with that. My only thing is, you want to take a crack at my band? I'm probably going to say something back. But what I don't understand is why the guy's even talking about my band. He's a successful guy. It was a random observation and then... <laughs> He could have phrased it better. Has he ever had any follow-ups about it? Like, man, I I shouldn't have said that? A couple of times on stage or whatever, he sort of alluded to it uh, during the solo tour. Honestly, I think it was just like an offhanded comment. I think so, too. I think he was being asked about his roadie career, and he was like, oh, man, I, you know, yeah, it was a good time, but I hated doing this. But it gets super highlighted. So what happens so many times, and sometimes we'll say, uh, he says this, not realizing that a question has been asked. Was that your kind of? Was that your kind of music? So right. you don't get that part, and, and I'm sure perhaps he would have cho- chosen better words in retrospect. But um, you know, it, it is what it is. But it's the it's they will take one half a sentence right. and make that the headline, and you know, you, 
you have this huge interview that's not being looked at at all. And then Nikki Smith or Nikki Six sees that headline. Sneaky picks. Yeah, <laughs> but then he responds to it. So then the response becomes part of the story, and that just becomes this weird narrative that, at the end of the day, nobody really cares about. Well, Nikki's much nicer brother, Sneaky Picks. <laughs> <laughs> What did I call him? Uh, Nitley. Nitley. Let me tell you something. Nitley is much cooler and calmer. Than Snicky? Than Snicky and Nicky. The Snicky, Nicky, and Nitley. <laughs> and the fourth brother, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> That was Nikki and Motley, right? Yes. Okay. I uh, saw Motley on the mind when I said Nikki. <laughs> uh, so Nikki added, listen, let's face it. The guy flies around in private jets. He lives in a mansion in a gated community. He sells out stadiums. And then he dresses at the thrift store and tries to pretend to be some guy. He tries to pretend some guy in the 90s. Don't take a swipe at my band, dude. I mean, I'm at least being honest, is what he says. So, well, of course, that's the way he. Yes, yeah. I get it. Wait, I, I think he can be put to bed now at this point, right? Yeah. What were, you, what were you wondering? Uh, okay, no, no. I just, I never mind. I thought maybe he was like trying to like reel back what he had said, but he kind of ended up doubling down a little bit the more. Yeah, extending yeah. the olive branch. <laughs> Um, so Pierre made. I think it was Pierre made an announcement yesterday. We were supposed to, but uh, they had to. Uh, Pause it for a moment, but Alice in Chains and Breaking Benjamin have announced a summer and fall tour uh, in the U.S. And that's an uh, interesting oh, deal. And, uh, Bush will be along with them too. Yeah, yeah, that's a cool one. Uh, so the city kicks off the uh, thirty city tour kicks off August tenth. Uh, they will be at the Waterfront Music Pavilion in Camden on August eleventh, and I think tickets went on sale yesterday. I don't know. Uh, dude, I tickets on sale this Friday. Oh, this, Friday. this Friday. Bush. Wow. We've got Bush. <laughs> And Jackson has them uh, on your drive home this whole week. Ah, oh, thank you. Uh-huh. All right. Then one Special last... guest, Nitley Picks. <laughs> one last thing. Uh, ZZ Top are headed back on the road. They're not going to be anywhere in our area, but they rolled out a 25-date spring and summer raw whiskey tour itinerary. That's got to be really weird. Yeah. After uh, your one of your you know bandmates in a, in a three-person yeah. band passes. Exactly. The, tour, the tour's title is a hat's tip to both the forthcoming album as well as the recent release of ZZ Top, uh, Tres Hombres Whiskey. Uh, and um, as it stands now, the band features Billy F. Givens, Frank Beard, and then bassist Elwood Francis. Um, they will kick things off on May 6th in Niagara Falls. Uh, coming on July 22nd will be the new 11-track Raw album, which was recorded as part of the 2019 Netflix documentary, That Little Old Band from Texas. Highlights include such classics as LaGrange, Tush, I'm Bad Nationwide, uh, give me all your loving, among others. Uh, the recordings, which feature late bassist Dusty Hill, were recorded at a very intimate session at Groon Hall, the oldest continually run dance hall in Texas. And they show them playing in the documentary. It's a really good documentary. Any word on whether they're going to ride on the Maid of the Mist when they're at Niagara? Oh, I, no, I did not <laughs> indicate if they would right? be doing that. You, have enough. To. you kind of have to. Yeah. You should. Listen, it looks like a tourist trap when you go there. And I remember seeing that. We were there for a couple days, and I watched the boats circle around and I'm like, man, look at all those crowds of people, whatever. And the last day we were going to go, and we went, and I'm like, I am so glad glad. I did this. (laughs) It's incredible. To see it from there? So ZZ Top's got to do it, right? Listen, honestly, if they want to maintain their rock cred. When are they going to be there? June. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Should should we... uh, Maybe buy make sure that uh, Bill and everybody just talks to their management. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I thought sure they'd they like, buy tickets in advance for him. Well, 
Well, aside. let's not go that far, but let's just let them know they need to do it. All right. We'll suggest that's it. That's the kind of thing you boys buying us tickets to. <laughs> Made of the mist. And I, we were there, and we said, that's too touristy. It's too crowded. I'm not going to do it. Uh. You know what's really big there? Um, Waterfall. Yes. <laughs> do we already discuss that part? No. Oh. No, haunted houses. You have a ton yes. of haunted houses around. By the way, that's it in music news. I'll wrap that up now. <laughs> like, like haunted houses. Yeah. I, so I've been there many times, and I was not, uh, I did not catch that. So There's one with a gigantic Frankenstein head out in front of it, right? Really? There was when I went there, yeah. Yeah. Which, which side is the really cheesy side? Uh, Canada? The American. The Canada side. Canada. Canada, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and that's, is that where the haunted houses are? Yep. All right. Well, yeah. I got to go back, because I've, I've missed a lot of the, it's been years. I used to go fairly frequently, but yeah, it's been years since I've been. They have the largest dinosaurs at any miniature golf course I've ever been to there. Yeah. They were huge. Nice. And if you're looking for big dinosaurs in a miniature golf course, That's Niagara, who is Niagara really? Falls is your <laughs> destination, my friend. <laughs> yep. That's what makes America great. Uh, yeah, we're looking at the various Large dinosaurs in miniature golf haunted houses in the uh, in the Niagara Falls area. It looks oh, like I'm down with that. three of them, Casey. One yeah. on the U.S. side. That's a haunted house of wax. Yep. Oh, I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> it's a haunted house of wax. A duh. It's not even a cow. It's a haunted house of wax. Candle put that whole thing into the ground. Freaking warlocks. Freaking molded candles. <laughs> That's a haunted house of wax. <laughs> All right. Yep. We got to stop. Kathy's laughing too much. Right, we'll take a break. We'll come back in a moment and we'll wrap the show up. Stay with us. If you like what you hear, you can see it too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on PrestonandSteve.com. Podcasts? Oh yeah, MMR's got them. There's the Fun Size and Bizarre File editions, along with Preston and Steve Full Show Podcasts, plus the MM Archives Podcast and more. Click podcasts on WMMR.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show Podcast. After some uh, nasty weather last night, we settle into cooler temperatures today. High of only about 50 degrees. Going to get colder tomorrow. 41 is where we'll top out. And then we'll get back to more normal stuff on Thursday, 52, Friday, 59, Saturday, 51. Chance of rain here and there uh, throughout the week. But that big front that came in through last night, man, did that change it. Man, yeah, absolutely. We were near 80 degrees yesterday, mm-hmm. and then that came through. You could feel it dropping. Yep. Uh, I would like to congratulate someone because today is a Tuesday. We have free ink to hand out from an amazing place, Floating World Tattoo and Piercing. And our winner of a Preston and Steve-themed tattoo today is Ryan Cristiano. Yay! Town, Pennsylvania. And we are going to give him a $350 gift certificate for Floating World Tattoo and Piercing. And you can check them out at 1729 South Street in Philadelphia. For artwork samples, visit floatingworldtattoos.com. Or you can also check them out on Instagram at Floating World Tattoo. So congratulations, Ryan We'll uh, make sure we get you taken care of and hopefully see a really cool tattoo down the road. Feel free when you get those done. Send us pictures of them. We do like Yeah, we'd love to see them. Um, Pierre Robert has made his way into the studio. How do you do? Excellent. Thank you, children. Wonderful, sir. I love that you played uh, all the women today. Yeah. There's lots. 
Lots of good um, rock from ladies, man. Did you go into the older categories? Uh, play any like uh, Janice? Or... We played. We played some Blondie, oh, Pretenders, uh, Pretenders, nice. and I think that's as far back as we went. So, so Brenda Lee. So you still have, and Lee. So you still have you know Hart and, yeah, and right. Janice and and uh, an airplane. A lot of great women. Uh, uh, Joni Mitchell would have sounded very nice, I think, this morning. Mm-hmm. And Bill would have liked that. <laughs> right. Um, uh, just having some fun. <laughs> um, but no, uh, I will get to that. Yes, cool, man. Excellent. All right. But first, we need a letter. We do. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. All right, the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. A as in articulate. Oh, very good. Articulate. Second letter. Articulate. We got a few more to go. Articulate. <laughs> yeah. Both are fine. work, yeah. Articulate. Yeah. Uh, we have a four-pack of pit tickets for the MMRBQ plus four concert T-shirts. MMRBQ 2022 is Saturday, May 21st at Waterfront Music Pavilion. And tickets start at 25 bucks for the lawn. The concert T-shirt pre-sale is happening now on the in the MMR Rock Shop. And it starts at just 20 bucks. And it's available in both men's and ladies' cuts. Complete details at WMMR.com, by the way. Uh, so, saluting the ladies today, are you? Yes, yep. yes. Uh, we're going to do, starting at noon, a giant workforce block of all women. Um, what song did you play from Blondie? One way or another. Ooh, love that. Great song, yep. I think I'll play Blondie, too. Um, there's cool. so many great, great, great women out there. Because, like the ladies uh, of today, Hailstorm and Evanescence and such, uh, all are built on the wonderful women who came before them. Yes. And MMR played them all the way along. I mean, MMR sponsored concerts with the likes of Joni Mitchell, you know, and Tracy Chapman and uh, the young and up and coming singer songwriters of the day, Bonnie Raitt, certainly, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, so it's uh, really cool to go back and celebrate. In the 90s, we played Cheryl Crow very heavily and uh, and Tracy Chapman and uh, Melissa Etheridge. I've got two great archival cuts with uh, Melissa Etheridge uh, singing Come to My Window on my show at 8.30 in the morning uh, and belting it. Now, there's a high part in there, and she just nails it. Oh, that's wow. awesome. Uh, at, uh, you know, and you know how hard it is for any singer to sing it really well at early in the morning. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, that was and, Melissa Etheridge. Yeah. She's going to be at Parks Casino. Yes, she is. Yeah, yeah she's playing that. a gig. So is Blondie. Oh, are they really? Yeah, yeah, they announced it the other day, so that's cool, cool. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we, uh, and I've got um, an early version of Sheryl Crow singing Leaving Las Vegas, uh, hitting... Big hit. Five out of seven notes, and and it was great. Nice. Um, But still, it was great. She's a wonderful, wonderful lady. I really like her a lot. Hey, if you dive into the Pretenders, can I request uh, Message of Love? Message of Love. Great song. Great tune. It's one of my favorite Pretenders Pretenders songs. Uh, Yes, we'll get it. Cool, man. We'll do it for you. Thanks, man. That's how we'll do it. And I also have Orange Loop Rock uh, Festival tickets to give away. Nice. We got a fun, action-packed, and when we're not doing that, we'll have a few double shots in there. And call him Action Robert. Yes, man of action. Yep. I am MOC. You're the Jason Statham of WMMR. I'm the Jason Stabler of M-O-C. WMMR. <laughs> man of action. Man of action, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> MOC. I love Caction. Jason Stabler. You man are our Caction. Jason Stabler. I am a stable yeah. of the Stabler yeah. family. When they named me Jason, they said, You're going to be a Stabler, son. And I said, That's why I want to play football. What was his character? The Equalizer? No, not the Equalizer. The transporter. 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 
I also want to He's transport. The, Nick's, uh, uh, Pierre's the transponder. I'm yeah. the transponder of the transporters because you can't transport if you don't transpond. That's exactly. right, man. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You can't be I'm a saying. beacon if your light don't shine. Set it all, man. Rock mm-hmm. on you. All right. I would like to thank our sponsors. The President Steve Show is brought to you by Ackley Markets, and you can get your free flu shot or COVID-19 booster at their pharmacy, Acme Fresh Foods, local flavors. Also brought to you by Duncan, the official coffee of the President Steve Show, and Monster Mania 49 this weekend at the Cherry Hill Hotel. Tomorrow on a program, Fox Good Day. We'll do that. So Wednesday we'll do a secret text word and give some goodies away. And um, Magical. We'll have a good time. Yes. That's what we try to do. So that's it. We're done. Rage on and have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow, friend. Bye-bye. WMMR. Bing there. Doo doo be doo. Who da da?